here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. New at VoicesOfWrestling.com this week. TV reviews of Raw, SmackDown, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, Total Divas, and more. Plus the 90-minute edition of NXT from WWE Network this week. Get ready for PWG's Battle of Los Angeles with reviews of the last two shows, Mystery Vortex 3 and Tremendous 4 on DVD. WWE Shop has new shirts available including Apollo Crews, The Dudley Boys, Finn Balor and more. Go to VoicesOfWrestling.com slash WWE Shop for the new shirts. Rich Kreich gives a look at Hayabusa and his miracle steps on the front page at VoicesOfWrestling.com. And don't miss Shake Them Ropes this week with guest Dylan Hales talking WWE SummerSlam and Les Moore and Celia Bloom of Sheet Sandwich. Follow Voices of Wrestling on Twitter at Voices Wrestling and on YouTube at YouTube.com slash Voices of Wrestling. Do I have everybody's attention now? Welcome once again to the Voice Wrestling Podcast. I'm Rich Creech alongside internationally acclaimed broadcast journalist Joe Lanza. Joe, how are you? 
Do you want me to flush my? Do you want me to flush my toilet again? Or that was a very loud toilet. And it, I'm kind of jealous. It takes a long time to cycle out too. That, <laughs> How much is it? Like a big bullet? Like is there a lot of water in there? Or what, what's the what's the reason? I don't know. That was the first time anybody ever. Uh, Commented on, commented on how loud my toilet was, but uh, <laughs> look, I, I don't go through. I I, I don't. You're not a connoisseur attempt. of toilets, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a connoisseur of toilets, and I'm also not anyone who even makes any attempts to be friendly to the environment. So I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's any kind of water saving deal. Yeah, because I was like going to say, I think it was because some of those water saver ones are super loud because they only let like a little bit of water through, and it's like a very. But you probably have just the most gigantic like. I wouldn't give two shits. It's like about a that. swimming pool of water going in and out of yours every it's, single time. It probably is. I, I'm not the kind. I, I don't exactly have energy saving light bulbs around the house or anything like that. Uh, so I'm sure it is an industrial Texas sized toilet that I have. <laughs> Are the toilets bigger in Texas? Do you know that? I, I don't know. From New Jersey to Texas, can you tell a difference? Well, I've clogged toilets in seven different states. And the reason that I know this <laughs> is that there's kind of like a little competition I have going with my brothers. See, because uh-huh. we're complete animals. And Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a running string of text messages. I, you know what? We should probably talk about wrestling. But yeah, let's not talk about the, this. The, yeah. po- the point is, this, this is something more for the end of a long show when no one's listening anymore except for right, the Right, as opposed course. to when we're recording on a Friday night starting at 10 p.m. Yeah, yeah. but now you know what's going to happen. Everyone's going to say, we need to know what the long-running... Well, that's good. No, that, that keeps, that's a hook. That's a hook for t- next week. That right? is a hook. But let, it's a hook for next week. That's what they call it in the business. Let me just say, though, that I have clogged toilets <laughs> in seven different states. This is verified. And you know, my, my, when I moved from New Jersey to Texas, of course, I drove that helped me pick up a lot of states along the way okay all right virginia in particular was was that's a big one that was an incident because that was at a burger king and um yeah that that toilet it was before the burger king or after you had eaten the burger after the burger king okay i was gonna say if before i was gonna say you might as well just waited it out another 20 minutes i went in for my post meal you know what i mean and uh it it, I'm, i'm fairly certain they had to replace that toilet in that Burger King, Virginia. Uh, we had to get out of there because it, w- it was one of those deals where it was leaking <laughs> up the floor get... and it was coming out the, the bottom of the door from the bathroom. So we took off. We, we hopped into U-Haul and we were out of there. But yeah, the Virginia incident is well known. Uh, New Jersey, Virginia, Nevada, Texas, obviously. You know, so seven states I have clogged toilets in. That's, that's um, impressive. I think I got South Carolina, California, and Illinois is my only – the clogger yourself that's it's not really not often i mean not often i've been a lot of places but those are only the uh the only places i've ever done it i in, do so. enormous bowel movements i mean these things it's it's i have an ex-girlfriend <laughs> it's the worst start to the bucket i used to call her and i used to be like listen you've got to come take a look at this one she'd be like, yeah no, you're just, explain you're this i'm not i'm <laughs> not looking at your shit anymore you make me sick to my stomach i'm like no really you have to look and at i'm this leaving one. and I'm, I'm breaking up with you bye Which, <laughs> she used to describe them as like sub sandwich rolls that was the size that that's the, that's horrifying i don't that's know how to it's it's it, it, i they don't do you, do you have like a long time between these or what i feel like i i move my bowels at a uh at a, at a normal pace, uh, uh-huh. maybe twice a day. You know, okay. I've got my, yeah, right. I've got my morning. It's not like a once a week. Cause I could get like, yeah, I could get, if you're putting out like bread loaves, like once a week or whatever, but yeah. No, okay. see, that's, that's my brother because he hasn't eaten a vegetable since probably 1994. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. He's got the worst diet and, and he shits like once a week. And as a result, it's just like straight mud. And, and, yeah, and right. he sends me pictures of it and it's, it's, it's repulsive. 
but you know, but I'm on a regular schedule once in the morning. Okay. And, uh, you know, usually around this time. In fact, that was that toilet flushing that you just heard. Got it. So, okay. You know, twice, twice a day. So that's not the reason. It's just enormous. I, I don't know why. Okay. Well, there you go. Anyway, <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> By the way, if you'd like to subscribe to this great podcast, <laughs> Heroes Talk Wrestling, you can subscribe to us. iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, all that other good stuff. VoiceWrestling.com as well for all of our columns and everything else that we do on the website. Let's talk wrestling, hey? I am the Kenta Kobashi of shitting, Rich. I, apparently, apparently you're a. Uh, well, I yeah, okay. Uh, it sounds I don't know. How like do you, you, you determine? It sounds that? like you want to challenge that title. I I don't know. I feel like uh, how do you just dis- well? If you want to jump in on that on that text chain that we got going, I can gladly you know add you in on the next one. But I'm just I, I'm curious. Okay, I'm just trying to think of what a Kenta Kobashi of pooping would be. I don't know. Because, I mean, are they long and drawn? I mean, they're not long and drawn out, but, like, get to a – you know what I mean? Like, I feel like you go – you're probably pretty quick, huh? For uh, it to be that big, it can't be yeah, – it can't I be, never, you know, 40 minutes. You're not going 43 minutes, Joe. No, I don't struggle. It's, I get in the bedroom. The bedroom, I get. You're going 43. I mean, the oh, – 43? What is that? I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a jobber. I go, I go about two and call it a day. Go home. 43, I'm done. 43 minutes? Is that, is that a quickie or something? So <laughs> – wait, so – the, the fact of the matter is, I mean, it's it's it, they don't take they, I don't struggle to take the, these movements. Okay. They just happen to be annoying. I don't know why. But it's not Kenta. We're not Kenta. We can find somebody better than Kenta Kobashi. It's got to be. I'm uh, in the bathroom for a long time though, because you know I'm fucking around on the phone. You know, okay. things like that. You know, I, I'm definitely someone who likes to rest on the toilet. But I so you do rest holds during your 40 minutes. So I do the I Greg do. Valentine, the Greg Valentine of pooping, perhaps. The, right? the act itself probably takes the Larry Zabisco, the Larry Zabisco of pooping. I'm not, that's fair because the act itself probably takes I don't know 45 right. seconds. But then I'm in there. You know, I'm fucking around on the phone. I'm relaxing. I'm getting away from the dogs. But for it's a pretty while. good when it's all done. When it's all said and done, you're like, yeah, that was pretty good. I don't like to. Get up off the toilet until my whole body is relaxed, and because you know you have that little bit of tension after you after you drop a drop a. Dude, oh yeah, you know yeah. I mean, I like all that to be gone. I like to be nice. I read and about easy. two chapters in a book. I get up. I fall over myself because my feet have fallen asleep because I'm sitting there for so long. Exactly, exactly. And of yeah. course, I think everybody hides in the bathroom at work. I think that's just a given. Oh God, yes. Are you kidding? If you don't hide at the bathroom at work, you're one of those people who's just too serious about work. I mean, yeah, go hide in the bathroom. You know, bat- be a real American employee and go hide in the bathroom during your eight hours. During your arduously long eight hours of work, go hide in the bathroom for at least five, you know, ten minutes at a time. I'm still a news. Three times I'm a day. still a newspaper guy. I'll grab a newspaper and and head off into the bathroom at work. Uh, you know, and really, that's the only time I ever look at a newspaper is when I'm in the bathroom at work. I don't. I don't. You know, I'm, I'm not. A, you know, I don't have the paper boy coming by tossing the tossing the newspaper <laughs> at the front door. You know, I'm not that extreme with it. But if there's a newspaper laying around, you know, I'll, t- I'll I'll take the Houston Chronicle into the bathroom. You know what I mean? At work and and fuck around for 15 minutes and waste 15 minutes of my day until someone inevitably comes over and knocks on the door and bothers me, which happens every. <laughs> time I'm like a magnet for that if i go into the bathroom that's awful. Work, someone, someone inevitably has to come over first they jiggle the handle and i'm like oh come on you know can i can i blow 15 minutes hiding in the bathroom then they start right. knocking and it's like oh geez you know and then i gotta get up it's just the whole thing um SummerSlam was this weekend i was gonna say speaking of wasting 15 minutes we just wasted 15 minutes but let's talk about SummerSlam and the fun weekend in wwe uh brooklyn Obviously, the NXT TakeOver SummerSlam, the highlight on Sunday, and then obviously Raw, uh, three consecutive sold-out shows. But you want to talk SummerSlam first? I think we're going to do more WWE on this show than we've done in a long time. Long, long time. And it was a passionate weekend. I think that's that's going to be the thing. And that's what we've always said because we've had people that have asked, you know, hey, you guys don't talk to WWE that much anymore. I mean, I, I, and, and a lot of it is 
And some people have complimented on us and saying that's good that you guys don't talk WWE that much anymore. I, I prefer it. Some have said, you know, I wish you guys talked more. We do what we're passionate about. And that's always been the thing about this podcast is that if we're not passionate about a topic, we're not going to. I mean, you can re, uh, go listen to some of those terrible WWE previews that we've done, like a battleground or something like that, where we do the one to 10 game. There's no inflection in our voice. We're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. We don't want to do that all the time. Every single time we talk to WWE, that's not fun. This was a fun weekend, though. This got my my juices flowing a little bit again. So that's yes, we are going to re, you know reward that by talking a lot of WWE. So how do you want to attack this? Do you want to do um, the NXT show first? Do you want to do SummerSlam? Uh, you start off with SummerSlam, so let's do that. It doesn't necessarily have to be in order. Let, let, let's go with SummerSlam. Well, first, uh, maybe maybe an overall thought. I will say this. You know, from talking to people who went to all the shows, who went to both the NXT show and the SummerSlam show, here's something I'm a little confused about. You know, a lot of people are saying that, you know, the NXT show was the superior show to SummerSlam. I'm not seeing it, Rich. Now, I don't know where you stand on this. We haven't talked about it. But to me, now that I've seen the entire NXT show – uh, you know, they aired the, the first half of the show on uh, in the regular NXT time slot this week. Right, right. Um, Ninety minutes worth of the uh, you know the matches from the first half of the show. Man, I don't even think it's close. I thought SummerSlam was a far superior show to the NXT show. I, I agree. I, I and, and there was a lot of the hype initially after watching Takeover because right? I you know I watched it the next morning or whatever, and and you see the crowd and the atmosphere and everything's going nuts and all that sort of stuff. But you know, by and large, if you really take in the show and, and think about. You know, the entirety of both the shows, especially now that you talk about the Wednesday when you saw the first half of NXT, which was a nothing, which is absolutely to me. I mean, there there was some OK stuff on that show, but there was nothing that was blow away, nothing that was great. Uh, they had to talk about the NXT special kind of in an overall sense. And we'll, we'll break it down, you know, match by match a little bit later. I enjoyed the Sasha Bailey match a ton. I thought that was fantastic. The rest of the card was was OK. It wasn't great. The ladder match was was fine. It didn't do a ton for me, but I, I enjoyed it. You know, the other stuff, there was a lot of fun atmosphere stuff with, with, with NXT, but I thought SummerSlam was a fantastic show, top to bottom. Oh, I mean, there were some right. questionable booking decisions that you're going to go into, but when it was over, I said, man, that, that, that was one of the best events of the year, and in my mind, one of the better SummerSlams I've seen in a long, long time. And, and you know, I got a lot of crap last year for, for calling last year's SummerSlam one of the best ever, and I thought it was, and I thought this one was, was just as good, if not better. I mean, it was a very, very good top to bottom show. There was very little that was truly bad on that show other than maybe the Divas. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of go through that a little bit. But yeah, I thought when, when SummerSlam was over, I said that was a fantastic show. It kept my attention the entire time. Whereas TakeOver, I mean, I was, I was wavering a little bit there. I was kind of ready for, for Banks Bailey to happen. It happened. That was fantastic. That was a great moment. And then, you know, he kind of had a come down from, from Balor and, and, and Owens. And that was still a solid match. But no, I, I thought by and large, SummerSlam was a far, far superior show. And doesn't that make it three SummerSlams in a row that were really strong? Because wasn't 2013 mm-hmm. – 2013 was great. That was Punk uh, Lesnar. That was Daniel Bryan uh, and, and Cena. And John Cena. Yeah, it was it was a fantastic show. And I can't remember long enough to go back to 12, but it, that's at uh, least three was, in a row. Summer Slams are usually pretty damn good. I mean, that, that's always that, it, it's a big reason why it's been my favorite pay per view for my entire Royal Rumbles are probably was 12 yeah, Lesnar Cena. 12 was Lesnar Triple H. I think I'm firing it up right now to see. Remember. Yes. Okay. So that was CM Punk, Cena, and Big Show, and then Brock Lesnar, Triple H in the main event. I don't think that was very good. Okay. So the last, so correctly. the last three were tremendous shows. I mean, yeah. This 2012 doesn't strike me as great. I, I I don't recall exactly, but yeah, at least from the very least, 13, 14, and 15, I thought were were, were great shows. Really, really good shows. Like standout. You like you know possibly WWE Show of the Year candidates in my mind. Because yeah, I tell you, I Sunday night I got home from work, and as you know, I watched these pay per views. I. St- 
start them just as everybody else has just finished watching right, pretty right. much. And uh, you know, I, I saw a little bit of the Twitter buzz, and and people were just. I mean, I had the impression that I was about to watch the worst show in the history of wrestling. The way people were talking about this show, I mean, they were trashing this SummerSlam show left and right, and that's what I was prepared to see. And then I'm watching this show, and then I turn around, and it's almost over, and I'm like. Every match in this show has been good. What are these right. people talking about? And then, you know, and then people are saying, well, you know, hold off. There's some horrible booking coming up, which may, you know, and I, I got to be honest. I know we're going to go through it. I didn't have a big problem with the way they booked either of those matches, but I guess we can talk about that more in depth. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I went through though. Unfortunately, yeah, I, I won't be arguing with you too much on that. I, I thought point, we so. were going to have one of these shows where we were going back and forth. We had a bunch of, we had a couple spirited debates last week, and I was thinking that, see, because I didn't know what you thought about this show. I really didn't see your thoughts, and I, I kind of thought we'd argue about it, but it looks like we're going to agree. And as far as the NXT show goes, I don't even think it was in the same category as the SummerSlam show because the first half of the show were just developmental matches. They were developmental mm-hmm. matches with developmental people, and there was nothing going on in the first half of that show. Then the undercard of the, the, the special portion of the show was okay, and it was fun, but again, there was nothing great on that. It was fun for what it was. There wasn't anything there that was like, wow, like really blow away. I mean, seeing Liger was fun. That was the extent of that. I mean, that match w- was really kind of a nothing. The Vaudevillains and, and Blake and Murphy with blue pants and all that stuff was, again, fun for the entrance, and the match started. It was just kind of there. It was, it was, it was a solid tag match, but nothing more. And, of course, we'll go in a little bit more in depth, but I guess we're going to kind of do it there I mean, just jumping around. But, but then, you know, look, Sasha, Becky, obviously, we're uh, not yeah. Becky, Sasha, Bailey, we're going to talk about that. Uh, Bailey, Bailey, and, yeah. and I actually... I loved the ladder match. I'm a guy who hates ladder matches, wasn't looking forward to this match. It had to follow a tremendous match, and I rated both of those matches the same. I gave both those matches four and a half stars. So I'm someone who really loved the main event of the NXT show, and I still think SummerSlam was the better show. But yeah, we- I'm, a, I'm a little bit less than you. I, I'd probably go maybe three and a quarter on, on that ladder, and I, I didn't mind it. I thought it was really good. I, I just don't know what I was expecting all, all, overall, and I think one of the problems was I had just watched the, the, the Bailey sasha Banks, and I was like, you know that had really gotten me hyped up and and really excited. And then this match was, it, it, I thought it was okay. It wasn't. I, I don't know. Yeah, four and a quarter would be tough, or, or four and a half rather would be tough for me. I'd probably go three and three quarters or or, or four. But that, that that's not a slight. I thought it was really good. But yeah, it just didn't have the same juice for me. So what, I'm surprised you're higher than me then. Yeah, you yeah. Know? You know, I really thought. Well, I'm more melter than you on the ladder matches. I usually love them. But. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I usually don't like them. So that's weird. But I I just thought it was well laid out. I thought Kevin Owens worked his. Fucking yes, ass did. off. And you know how I feel about when wrestlers work their ass off. That means a lot. Well, to you me. could tell from the beginning. I think my favorite part of that entire match was at the beginning where you could tell he enters the ring and he just starts. I, I don't even know what he's saying because they bleeped out half of it, but he just gets in there. He just starts screaming, you know, it's my house or fuck this. I, I don't know what the hell he's saying, but you can just tell right then and there. He's, he says I, he's got the look. And we talked about this on our previous show. He had a look like I got something to prove here. You know, yeah. this is this is a big moment. I'm in the main event of this NXT show. I'm going to assume that by and large, I'm a big reason. There's, you know, 13,000 or whatever people here. This is my moment. I'm going to make this count. And yeah, he absolutely I think he worked his ass off. Finn Balor. I I don't know. I, I'm not I don't know if I've been enjoying his work all that much lately. And NXT. not to say it's bad, but it's just every time he goes into a match, I always expect it to be better than it is. And I think that's maybe a, a, a problem with my expectations or how I think about him or whatever. But that's kind of been the problem here is I expected a really spectacular match from him and he was OK. I thought Owens was really, really great, but I, I don't know. Well, I guess we're starting with this show now, and then we might as well yeah, go we've backwards. Already done this. <laughs> so, <laughs> because we've already started uh, uh, digging pretty deep here. But yeah, um, I thought Owens worked his ass off. I thought Balor was very good in the match. And I actually think Balor has been uh, very good overall on this WWE run. And I really think, I, 
I'm kind of baffled as to why people are down on him. He's got a bunch of high-quality matches. I thought um, the Neville match on one of the takeovers was a tremendous match. Mm-hmm. I, I've liked all the stuff that he's that he's done with Owens. I liked the match he had with Kenta over WrestleMania weekend in that tournament. Uh, so he's had a lot of stuff that I thought um, I've been able to really sink my teeth into. I thought he's had a, a, a several tremendous matches, uh, including this one. I, I really, really liked this match. And, uh, um, you know, I, I thought both guys worked hard. I thought um, – it, it, they were kind of in a tricky spot booking-wise because, you know, Kevin Owens is on the main roster and everything else. But, you know, he, he the next night he beat Cesaro. So in another match where he worked his ass off, by the way. Yes. It's Kevin Owens. Let me tell you something. In my opinion, it's, it's, it's neck and neck with Cena, but he's the best worker in WWE this year so far. I, I think he's, he's, he's edging out Cena. I think they're very close. I can change my mind depending on the way the wind blows. But, you know, everything this guy touches turns to gold. He's been tremendous. And I'm someone who thought he would be very good in WWE. I was a fan of his coming in. I didn't think he'd be this good. No, I didn't either. Yeah, I mean, pretty much he's had, I, and, and by and large, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, any matches that I've really seen of his that I said, ugh, that was just okay. Or like that was, I, I don't know if there's been one that's even actively bad. I mean, maybe the, the lowest I can even go was okay. Or, or like good is the lowest because I mean everything he has done so far has been really really good in my mind. Yeah, I'm sure I'm forgetting something and there was some random SmackDown match that was just okay, but nothing's been bad. And that, there's something to be said for that when you don't have any match that I can honestly think of off the top of my head, and maybe people will know that has been bad of him in WWE. I mean he's fitting like perfectly, which is is unbelievable. And he made Alex because I'm with you. He made Alex Riley interesting for about two weeks. I mean he really did. Uh, you know it's not like they went out there and had a five star match. But th- th- that was a compelling little thing for a couple of weeks. Uh, every feud he's been involved in, uh, you know, his character work has been tremendous. He's he's the most interesting character on WWE TV as well. Agreed, because he's the most dynamic. And I and I wrote about it when he first came in, and you know, he's lost a little bit of that coming in. But he's the he's got the most like humanity of any of these characters. A lot of these guys are these larger than life weirdos or whatever, and and he just seems like a normal guy that just wants to go there and you know prove a point. And he makes it very obvious too. He makes it very known in his promos and the, his cadence and and how he his facials and all that sort of stuff. What his goal is, what he wants to accomplish, and what and, and it's so easy to get into that then. Because it's not this like weird, convoluted, and they, they've been, thankfully, but they've been able to sort of book him okay, and, and it's not ideal, but he hasn't gotten in like silly backstage segments or these 45-minute promos back and forth with guys. He's very to the point, very, you know, and, and that's what a lot of people want out of the wrestlers is just get out there and wrestle. I don't need to hear you. I don't need a convoluted five-week storyline with women and, you know, with, oh, my God, a, a love triangle and all that. He doesn't, hasn't done any of that. It's been very basic with him, and that's, that's fine. That's what he should be. That's Kevin, that's Kevin Steen. That's Kevin Owens. It's very to the point and, ba- and, and poignant. What he wants to do, how he's going to accomplish it, and, how, and what he's going to do, and that's all it is. You know, he, and, you know and he, those things. And he went out there in that ladder match and killed himself when he knew he was going to have a hard physical match the next night with a guy like Cesaro. I mean, that, that, that's the kind of stuff that, mm-hmm. that, as a fan, I have a ton of respect for. You know what I mean? Because that was one of my worries is that he was going to kind of take it easy on here and, and say, hey, look, you know, <laughs> I, I know I still have, you know, I have a duty as the, the NXT main roster. And I didn't think he was going to do that, but there, it, was, it was somewhat of a worry. And I don't know if they were telling him, you know, maybe they're saying, hey, dude, you know, don't go out there and kill yourself because remember, you got to be out on SummerSlam. And no, I mean, he worked his ass off in both those matches and he didn't, he didn't look any worse in SummerSlam, you know what I mean? Like, no, not having, at all. That ain't a very like good having match. watched them now. Yeah, having watched them now, you know, because I went back and watched the ladder match again, and and having watched them, 
I'm kind of looking at him going, oh, man, like, how is he not just like, you know, crippled or not not necessarily crippled, but like slimping or his back hurts or anything like that. And that SummerSlam, match, he looked perfectly fine. He looked OK. And that's that's always kind of a funny thing because, you know, he's fat and he's out of shape and all that sort of stuff. And then he goes back as back to back, you know, spectacular, high athletic matches and, and isn't the worst for wear at all. So that's respect to the fans. And that's showing a lot of respect to your opponent, too. There's a lot of respect yeah, right. to Finn Balor because that's Finn Balor's moment. Um event in that big show and everything else and 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 he went out there and worked hard with him and had a great match uh so i guess sasha bailey which um now now look this is going to get a ton of support for match the year in fact it may win match of the year i know people are still kind of on that high you got to let people come down you got to let people see some other things i think if if the match of the year balloting was held today on august 28th i genuinely think that match would win uh, with the amount of buzz it's getting. I thought it was a great match. I thought it was a tremendous match. Like I said, I gave it four and a half. Not quite match at your level for me, but I mean, that that's hardly a slight. Um, what did you have this match? What, what, what geek stars did you give the match? Yeah, I, I gave it four and a half as well. Um, I, I really, really, really enjoyed this. I thought it was really good. It, I, I, I liked a lot of the work that was done throughout it. I thought Sasha, again, I mean, Bailey was great in this. I think she was good for, for being what she was and the figure she was and the character and the build and all that sort of stuff. But Sasha was just on another level, I think, in, in this match again. I mean, the way she does her offense is just it, it's it's next. I mean, like like I said, you know, I've said it many, many times you know, on this, you know, Laxley show and, and before about Sasha being the best women's worker that's like ever <laughs> been in a WWE ring. Like, and, and I know that obviously there's been, you know, famous figures, your Aja Kongs and all that sort of stuff that have, but in terms of like body of work in the WWE universe, quote unquote, there's no, I mean, she is so far ahead of other people in terms of how she thinks of matches, how she lays stuff out, the way she does offense, the way she sells, the way she, you know, just just gets emotions out of the crowd, gets emotions out of the the person she's working with, gets just everything is just so good. It, it's she's on a next level. Like she is so so far and ahead of any other woman that's ever stepped foot in the WWE ring, and so far ahead of anybody that's in there right now. With that said, the one thing that I would say is I, I've seen some people, and even even Dave Meltzer wrote in this you know, this week's Observer, this is perhaps the best women's match in WWE history or whatever. I don't think it's the best women's match this year. I thought that Becky-Sasha Banks one was far and away better. I went, uh, I went yeah. four and three quarters with that one. I know you're a little iffy on that one. That wasn't quite yours. Yeah. To me, that one was far away better than this one. But this I, one's very good. This is probably the second or third opinion. best. But that's a reasonable opinion. Uh, I think this is far and away ahead so- of like... You know, uh, if we think of the recent history, I think of the NXT specials far and away ahead of that overrated four way. I don't know why that four way keeps coming up. Yeah, I need to watch it again, I guess. Uh, I, I, I read people talk about it and I go, I went, OK, what did I think about it? I gave it two and a half at the time. And now I'm even thinking I'm like, what? I, I don't get it. I never got the idea with that one. I look, I, I the four way I've consistently said since the moment it happened that it was an overrated match. Um, I didn't think it was a two and a half star match, um, but you know, I don't think it should even sniff any kind of match of your conversation or any kind of best of uh, conversation. It's just very overrated match. Overrated yeah, and pretty much all those people involved in that match have had better singles matches at some point now this year. Completely so that, that's why I don't even know why that one's in the uh, in the conversation. Maybe that's me and my multi-person, you know, bias or whatever. But yeah, I didn't think it was anywhere near some of these other things. I, I thought, and this one was spectacular. I, I really, really enjoyed it. But yeah, I would put it slightly below the Sasha Becky one. But what do you think? I I completely listen. I I disagree with you slightly. Sasha Becky, I thought was a very good match. I gave it a quarter. I thought this match was better than Sasha Becky. Um, 
Sasha Becky, again, this, this match engaged me from bell to bell more than the Sasha Becky match did. The Sasha Becky match to me was a little bit boring in the first third of the match. Um, it had a lot of trouble holding my attention. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people disagree, but I, I also, it, 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 I thought it really bothered me when they blew that dive spot and she didn't catch her. That, that, and, and it bothered me from the perspective of it, I felt bad that she didn't catch her on that dive. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but look, you know, it is what it is. This, this match, the Bailey match, it held my attention uh, better from start to finish. And I thought, uh, you know, the, the work in this match, look, they had the one little botch in the corner. Yeah, the, the, the Hurricane Ron or the top yacht. Not the a big deal. To me, now, yeah. look, to me, it's not a big deal. I, look, when, when you're having a great match like that, I can give you a pass on, on, the, on a slight botch like that. That, that didn't take, if it doesn't take me out of the match, I can give you a pass on that. The one spot that I think, everybody is going crazy for and that I thought was a good spot too but something that nobody's mentioning and I know I'm going to get killed for this but that's fine I've been killed before for things is uh, the, 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 when, when Sasha threw those foot stomps at Bailey's hand when she was going mm-hmm. to, for the rope break tremendous idea but her foot came nowhere near that girl's hand on any of those foot stomps and it was very glaring to me she missed her hand by about six inches on every one of those stomps and I know People are going to murder me for this, but <laughs> because I didn't know. I'll be honest; it's probably my very small TV, but but I did not notice uh, how close she was or how far or whatever. So I'd have to maybe go back and see because I love that. But maybe if I did see that now that I, now that you've mentioned it, I didn't really notice that. I'll be uh, honest, and, and that's why look, I loved it. Look, so I'm, maybe, not, I'm not trying to yeah. look. I'm not trying to ruin Christmas, but all I'm saying is, and maybe did, look, so. I've only I've I've only watched the match once, so maybe I need back and watch and look i might be wrong but i remember watching it all time i remember those foot stomps i'm like wow that, that, that it looked vicious and everything but she missed her hand by, by about six inches every time can you land on the hand once i mean please that's all i'm asking <laughs> i'm not asking for you to, to, to break her hand legit but can you at least make contact with the hand once so that bothered me a little bit but again these are the minorest of gripes okay the minorest of gripes uh and and listen and i'm someone who wasn't into the bailey story I mean, I'm not right. In the right. I, I think that's important. That I think it's important that we mentioned because I, I was fully invested. I've been saying it's a great story for the long time. You were not, so that that's. I think it's important to kind of yeah. bring the distinction up. I mean, I was cold on coming into the match. I've been cold on her. Look, they've kind of gotten away from kind of the, the childlike aspects of her character a little bit, which I think is good. I think it was something they needed to do. Um, but I was cold on this story. I thought you know they kind of rushed her story at the last taping because Sasha was moving up. I thought, um, I, where, you know, I thought Sasha should win the match for storyline purposes, but I, it was pretty much a foregone conclusion that she was going to lose. I thought that hurt it, and I and I'm really not that crazy about Bailey. So, and and that's actually praise because the match still blew me away, and I wasn't invested in Bailey's story at all. If you were invested in Bailey's story, I could see why you're just going absolutely bananas about right. the match because. The way that it was structured and the way that it built and the way that it finished uh, was really a tremendous moment. And I'll tell you another thing. I have no problem with the curtain call. Um, I see a lot of people complain about the curtain oh, call. God. They're breaking kayfabe. These people. Oh, Jesus like, fucking Christ. Can you shut Come it up on. your ass? I mean, give me Go a break. Go to fucking hell. It's a what? Shut up. Great moment. It's a great moment. Jesus and you can, and you can even Who said I, name them. I don't, no, I don't care. I, it, 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 but... <laughs> You know, it's like, um, seriously, go blow me that you're an idiot. <laughs> Just the, other, the other thing about the curtain call is if you wanted to, you can justify it within the bounds of kayfabe anyway, because these are four, these four girls were rivals in NXT 
Three of them are moving up. The rivalries are over. You know what I mean? Those NXT rivalries are over. The, they're emotionally spent. And, and, and the fact <laughs> matter is, the, 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 feud, the feud between Sasha Banks and Bailey wasn't some kind of blood feud anyway. You know what right. I mean? Well, it was the game's more over. A, yeah, it's it's and that's 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 why NXT does stuff so a, well. It was it was more of a Bailey saying, "Look, it's my time, and I'm going to beat you." Exactly. And it was Sasha, and it was Sasha saying, "No, you're never going to beat me because I'm the best." And Sasha really didn't come in. Didn't even work that feud. She was basically a tween at this point. She wasn't even a heel. I mean, it, it, a lot of respect there coming into this match. It's not like Sasha was behaving like a heel. Uh, so you know this idea that this curtain call was <laughs> well, okay. Bay breaking. It's and that's and that's again like you brought up the good point about NXT and that's it, it, again I think it's people that just I, I don't understand what people. If you're in a game like okay, anytime that I've played basketball with anybody, more times than not, in the middle of the game, in the heat of the moment or whatever, I hate the other guy that I'm playing with. I want to beat him. I, I can't. By the end of the game, it, it's with coworkers or with friends or whatever. Okay, the game's over. All right, I stop. Competitive spirit's done. You know. Good game. Nice job. And if it's a super competitive game, if it's a season or something like that, I, I've gone through seasons and I've, I've hated the, the teams we faced or whatever. When it's over, you know, okay, good game. You know, nice job. You know, in the moment, yeah, you're super competitive. Yeah, in the moment you want to win. But once it's over, once the results, Ben, you're not going to just be – they want every single person to be bitter. Like, like imagine going through life like that. Every time you lost something, you were just a bitter piece of shit and you wouldn't – here, <laughs> good game. Go fuck yourself. Go away. Leave me alone. <laughs> we hated each other two weeks ago and they never hated each other. I think that's the important thing too. They just said, I am better than you. No, I'm not. I'm better than you. Okay, well, let's decide. Okay, you were better. Good job. Yeah, Thank you. you. You proved it. That was kind end. of my like, point. There have been points during the NXT run where Sasha was clearly a heel. Yeah. She, she hasn't been for a while. I mean if you watch the no. TV week to week – yeah, technically, I guess she was, but she was more of a tween. She was more of like a heel leaning tweener, is basically right. And, and it's and that's a problem sometimes with WWE. And I think some people get so used to that. Is is yeah, WWE storylines are going to be Randy Orton, you know, breaks into Triple H's house and you know murders, you know, his, you know, and, and kisses his wife and RKO's her or whatever. And then you know, two weeks later, they're you know, they oh yeah, whatever, that's fine. That's those things are ridiculous. Or Kane, you know, burns somebody on fire and then a month later, ah, you know what, whatever. Water under the bridge. The NXT isn't that. NXT is I'm better than you. No, I am. And then that's it. And they solve it in the ring. That's that's. There's no like the element of this fantasy cafe isn't really there in NXT. At you least, know, and, and definitely not in this case. No, of course not, not in the case of this match, and not in the case of this was the culmination of these four girls who came up together and feuded with each other and had all these great. This was it, man. This is this was the end of that era as they all moved on to the next era and from that perspective that's what sasha banks is not going to come out on the next episode of nxt and demand a rematch for uh, you know for her title it's over they're all moving on to the next thing which is why i had no problem with the curtain call if this would have been a year ago after one of their matches in full sale i might have had a different opinion on it but in this situation in this hugely emotional time yeah let them smile let them have a moment i mean she's right i mean god can we let go of that stuff ever i mean come on so yeah, I, I wanted to address that too. I had no problem with the curtain call. I didn't even I didn't even have a second thought about it, but uh, yeah, great match. Um, and you know, I I don't know what else to say about it. I, I, you know, I'm not as high on it as some other people are. It doesn't sound like you are either. And hey, for what? Listen, we're not even the low people here because the two people who reviewed it for our site gave it four and a quarter. So right. uh, you know, and I who was it? it was Brian Rose. And, uh, Brian uh, Rose and Warren Taylor did the review. And Warren Taylor. Okay, so yep. you know, don't send the hate mail. To 
us because I saw I saw a <laughs> four lot of, a quarter four and a half is eight. Well, I, love, you know I love that. It's it's great. Seriously, that's, that's, did you see the other day when when the Observer came out? People yeah. were all over Meltzer for giving the match four and a half stars. Oh, he did four and a half too. I didn't I didn't even notice. And it's, that. Okay. And it's like I'm, I thought you were getting mad at us or no, <laughs> I no, said people, something. Oh, people, okay, that was, people were it was Meltzer. Oh, all over Meltzer for giving four and a half stars, and it's like Jeez. I'm sorry, but there is no situation. We're four and a half fucking stars is ever shortchanging a match. I mean, come on. Four and a half stars. That could never be considered shortchanging. That's a tremendous uh, rating for a match. <laughs> Especially considering in his blurb, he says, in perhaps the best women's match ever, the best women's wrestler, or the best, you know, WWE women's match That's ever. Cr- but, you know, oh. people don't read the actual thing. They just, you know. This, this, it, seriously, that reminds me of when I said Sasha and Becky wasn't a match at contender but i said it was a great match our website got flack for that oh right even, yeah, though, the, yeah. even though the average rating for <laughs> everyone who everyone who works for our site who, who who gave an official rating for the becky sasha match i averaged it out and it came out to 4.6 4.6 and people yeah, i was i was 4.75 i was i was four and three quarters but yeah that's yeah the average of the six people who rated it on record came out to 4.6 and people gave our site flack for being anti-female wrestling 4.6 and that's what this reminded of dave raved about it he called it the greatest match in women women match in wwe history and gave it four and a half stars and people were giving him shit because the rating was too low get lost get lost (laughs) and listen do me a favor if you think four and a half is short chain any match i want you to get lost and i never want you to find your way back get lost and stay lost yeah lose your computer i can't take it i can't take that that just (laughs) drove me nuts i mean that totally drove me nuts all right SummerSlam. all right we're not done with the nxt uh show here rich i think so i mean anything else you got you really want to blow through the show this evening don't you i know we're uh starting things a little late but uh listen why don't we just give thoughts about the rest of the NXT show and move on to SummerSlam. I think we, okay. uh, we owe the people that. Uh, do you have the card in front of you or do you want me to go through them? I got the card in front of me. Okay, let's keep You, want, you want to do it with the TV as well? Short thoughts, yeah. Just blow through the whole thing. Okay, we got the Hype Bros, Zack Ryder, Mojo Rally, Enzo, Colin Cassidy, uh, Jason Jordan, Chad Gable, and the Mechanics. The only thing to take away from this match was the reaction that um, Enzo and Cass got. And um, look, now, look, they, they ended up doing the tag title change later, so I guess I can't really get on them that much. But because before the show, I wondered why the hell they weren't getting the title shot, considering the reaction mm-hmm. they would have gotten in the building. But they wanted to put the titles on the Vaudevillains, so now it makes a little more sense. Other than that, uh, you know. This really was a nothing match, and I, I, honestly, I thought it went a little too long. Yeah, I, I agree. Got a little long in the tooth, but um, yeah, I, I, I think what's important thinking about the special and sort of once it was over I kind of thought about it because I was with you I was like oh man you gotta put Enzo and Big Cass on there but I think it was a good idea too to have them begin, uh, be the, the, the opening act or whatever the, the opener for this event because I think it set the stage for a really hot crowd and those people just went insane for those guys and and yeah if it was in the middle of the show on the special they probably would have gotten insane as well for them but I, I didn't mind this placement when it was all said and done yeah I, look I'll concede that in hindsight they did the they did I have no problem it was fine it. yeah uh, even Marie Carmella, the much talked about, much uh, anticipated, even Marie Carmella. Okay, look, this was fine as a developmental match. Um, they didn't, but I thought this was going to either be ninety seconds, and if I thought, I thought that if it went longer than ninety seconds, it could have been a disaster. The kind of match that they would have needed to edit and everything else. But really, they weren't that bad. Um, you know, by developmental standards, this was fine for a developmental match. 
But I do think, personally, I would have kept this match off of a show this big. Agreed. Because even though it was fine for a developmental match, it was patently clear that these two people are way behind everybody else that was on this show in terms of what they're able to do in the ring. They work, they move, both of them move so slowly and deliberately that you can feel them thinking their way through each spot. Exactly, yeah, and that, that's the problem. And that's something that needs to be done in front of five people. That needs to be something that's just done at the performance center. Matches like that where it's very very methodical, and, and that's all it was. It was basically, okay, what, what are we going to do next? Okay, here, and like, that, I, that's you get the vibe from that. And it's so funny to see that when, when you really see people, and, and this was a great example of that, of, of what what it looks like when people just don't quite have it. And it makes you respect when, when, when people are so in tune with the guy they're working with or the guy or girl they're working with or, or, or so in tune with their character or so in tune with what they're going to do. And it just flows so perfectly. Like we, we almost take it for granted a little bit. And then you see a match like this where it's like you said, every single step, they're like, okay, wait, okay, what, what foot do I do? You know, what do I do with this? Where you can tell they're just not, I mean, they're not ready for a situation like this. But it could have been a lot worse, I think. But with that said, yeah, it, it, it stuck out like a sore thumb that these just were far and away night and day different than almost everybody else on this roster, which is, is saying a lot because there's a lot of, you know, not great workers, you know, on, on, you know, NXT and in developmental or whatever, but these two are, are you know, <laughs> it wasn't awful. It wasn't terrible, but it, it wasn't good. They did some really ambitious things, but you can tell that there was high, you know, highly rehearsed and they really had to think their way through them more. They're not, mm-hmm. they don't, neither one of these girls perform naturally yet. They're, they're, they're not just, they're, they're, I don't know if they ever are either. Natural. I think that's, that's what I'm starting to get from, from both of them. And I know even Maria is, is busting her ass or whatever, but sometimes you just don't have it. And she just does not look like an athlete. Yeah, I mean, you're, that's, you're absolutely right. You can teach people all you want. And then it gets to the argument that and you and I have had this argument before with people about, you know, the difference of, of, of athletes in wrestling or whatever, that it is important that you're a good athlete, that you have speed, that you have instincts, that you do this sort of stuff. People forget that a lot of these guys have real sports backgrounds. Yeah, there's a bunch that just became wrestlers, but you know, by and large, you got to have some sort of athleticism. You just cannot teach some of the stuff. You can't teach quickness. Sometimes you can't teach agility, you, you know, balance, agility. agility. Like that, sometimes that just kind of comes. I mean, yeah, you get you get people that can sort of make the most of it, or you know, make you know, CM Punk's a guy like perfect who is really unathletic, but is making the most of it, but just by pure hard work and that sort of stuff. But there's some people that just don't have it. That it just doesn't work for them. And and even Marie's one of them. I mean, bless her soul. She's trying her ass off, but it she just doesn't have the agility, doesn't have the speed, doesn't have the instinct, doesn't have the balance. And that's that's stuff that you gotta be an athlete to do that. And you gotta be an athlete to look good in today's wrestling. I'm sorry. Yeah, you really do. And and that's why they stood out. And I don't think no, and, and I think Rick Flair was a champion wrestler. People forget that. Oh, Rick Flair. And no. a football player, right? So right. I mean, he was a great athlete. You know, these guys are, you know, when you're a high level high school and college athlete, let alone you know, it's it, it, it does make it's, a we, difference. We've talked about this on numerous times of other sports. I mean, pick the worst baseball player you've ever known, and that's the best athlete you've ever met. We talked about pick, you know the, the slowest catcher you can ever find. He'll bust your ass in basketball. I'll tell I'll give you a great example, and only the hardest of the hardcore baseball fans are going to know this reference. Is it the Salfasano or the Scott Hatterberg or Corky Miller? Is it? Corky Miller, that's the one. Yeah, Corky Miller. He was a White Sox. He was a Red. Okay, he just retired last year. Anyone who ever saw Corky Miller play baseball, I mean, bless this guy's He's a heart. Fat, unathletic catcher in baseball. And but guess what? When he was in college. <laughs> He got Division One scholarship offers in football for to play safety. Corky Miller. Yeah. Now, now the six people who know who we're talking about are going on Wikipedia right now because they think I'm lying through my teeth. Because you're <laughs> yourself, not, there's no fucking way that Corky Miller was getting Division One scholarship offers to play an athletic position like safety. But it goes to show you 
you know how gr- how great you have to be to be a professional athlete. Where among other major league baseball players, this guy looked like the worst possible athlete ever. Meanwhile, he could have played safety at Division One schools. I think he got an offer from Wyoming University, as a matter of fact, Division One football. Okay, I right, look. It's not Miami. It's not. Uh, it's not Alabama. Okay, but you know, it's it, but it's it's Division One football. You know, so you're absolutely right. And these two girls, I mean, I don't think you, you, they're never going to be great. They just they don't they they have two left feet, and I you know they, it, there's a certain level that they're going to be able to get. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to spare. It's like Cameron, you know. It's it's um, Cameron. That's the other Funkadactyl girl, right? We, yes, we always correct. screw yep. that up. It's like, oh, she's no. You always screw. No, no. We. I don't screw it. You, you did. Screwed it up last I week. I never. No, you did. You screwed it up last. No, no, you no, 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 no. Because no, I thought you were talking about the wrong. No, you. I thought you were talking about the time when Cameron tried to pin Naomi when she was facing ah, you're down. Right. Okay, you're right. You're that, right. That's why I've, I've never mixed them up. They're very different looking people. I, I, so. I always mix them up. But anyway, it's like Cameron. Like, <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I still don't know any of the Jacksons. Somebody gave me a tip and I already forgot it. Isn't it that Matt is like Matt Hardy with the the dark hair? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's the easiest I I way to that. remember. Okay. I still can't tell the Usos apart. I have no idea how people do that. Oh, that oh fuck that! No, there's no. And way. I'm, well, one of them's gonna come back probably be fat, so because he hasn't been working. And I'm never. So he'll he'll get the the fatu. I really <laughs> wish one would shave their head or something. I, I I will never be able to tell them apart. I am amazed when people can tell these wrestlers apart. I I cannot tell them apart. Never could. Uh, but yeah, well, I used to have trouble with Nichols and Haste for a while. I finally got it eventually because they started kind of looking a little bit different for the longest time. Though I had no idea. Yeah, I never I never struggled with that one. The Bucks. I think once I noticed one of them has a tattoo, I think, and that's how once I I forgot which one. Yeah, one of them has a tattoo. They're both tatted up. But one's got like a specific tattoo that I I always hone in on, and now I got it. Haste. But for a long time, it was has that. Haste has that floppy hair, that floppy, Mm -hmm. you know, like he dreamy haste. You know what I mean? Like the ladies find him dreamy. Uh, Nichols doesn't have that dreamy look. You know, he doesn't have the floppy hair. You know what I mean? But I never had problems with them. He always has bags under his eyes. He's got those CM Punk bags under his eyes, Nichols. You know what I used to struggle with before they before they did two different gimmicks was the Briscoes. I can never tell the Briscoes apart either. Like back in the day when they both just had Oh, yeah, yeah. Back in like the yeah, 2007 Ring of Honor days and both had shaved heads or whatever. Yeah, there was no way to tell the difference. They were Briscoe now. number one and Briscoe number two. I had no idea which was which. So, you know, I'm always awful at that. What, what, what was next here? Uh, next uh, was Bull Dempsey and Elias Sampson. What was what he the uh, the drifter? <laughs> I could. I, let me tell you something. <laughs> drifter. I watched this at about two in the morning or whatever the hell. I tweeted that out last night. <laughs> I was howling in my living room to myself like a lunatic. Woke up the dogs. The drifter Elias. This is the worst piece of shit gimmick. This is so bad. This is <laughs> this is such like a WCW pro gimmick. You know what I mean? When it just someone just like when they were trying out awful gimmicks in WCW, like on the B shows, and it's like uh, like Jimmy Graffiti or something along those lines. What is this? The drifter. I don't know. He comes with his little guitar. He's got awful gear. He's got that awful music. I'm now told. By Trevor, the Irish wrestling fan who pays very close attention to the NXT house shows, that he strums that guitar like underneath trees outside of the NXT house shows oh, God. to put over the fact that he's a drifter. This is awful. Oh, That's not okay? going anywhere. And we're, and you know, and you know, we're joking about it, but you know, you can really take this to a serious level because you could argue that CJ Parker's awful gimmick is the reason he's not in the company anymore. Right. He was never overcoming that gimmick. Uh, no matter how good he was at putting people over, no matter how solid of a worker he was, he was never shaking that gimmick. He could have came out from that curtain 
with a completely different gimmick and people would have remembered that he was the awful environmentalist gimmick. And his gimmick was so bad that he quit the company and now he's working for, for New Japan. And it's like that's why you know we can laugh about it. And look, I, and, and I get it. It's developmental. Guys are going to try different things and that's fine. They tried this thing and it doesn't fucking work. It's got to go. The drifter. It's really bad. It's, yeah, it's awful. It's that. That's like if you told somebody that, like, if if there was a non wrestling fan and they came up with like a character for a wrestler, you know what? Like non wrestling fans think like every wrestler has like this weird over the top thing. Or if there's like mainstream documentaries, they're always you know like his name's the butcher and he butches you know he cuts people up or whatever you know like revealing wrestling secrets. Did you ever watch that back in the day? Yes. Uh, the, the one like they were always like, yeah, this guy is the, you know, the devil or, you know, they always pick like dumb stuff like that. And it's like nobody actually has these gimmicks in real life. The drifter is one of those that they would be like, his name's the drifter. <laughs> like, absolutely. It's 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 really, really awful. And if people haven't bothered to watch that that 90 minute NXT special, do it just to see the drifter. I, I the vignettes under the tree are going to be the next level bad, though. I they just need to burn those tapes, right? I couldn't contain myself when he was making his entrance. I, I I was I was laughing uproariously like you were reading a big dog column. I, I it was just so bad, and I don't think those vignettes are ever. I don't. I, I honestly don't think they cannot see the light of day. No, there's no way. I don't think you're. I don't. I don't know if they've shot vignettes. He, I was told he's doing it at house shows, like outside underneath. The oh, okay, okay. As okay. the fans are coming in, um, like remember, I don't know. Like, did you ever see Jack Evans outside of a Ring of Honor show? Like. He'd be bumming cigarettes off of people and doing. <laughs> He'd be doing backflips off back trees in the grass, like that's how. I, like you know, well, he's nuts. No, he's a nutcase though. Elias Sampson isn't actually nuts. Sure, so. Jack Evans wasn't doing a gimmick. Jack Evans is just being <laughs> Jack, Jack Evans. Nutcase, yeah. This guy's like out. He's like outside, or like the ECW shows where like we'd be waiting in line and like New Jack would come out there and he would scare. He would pick, you know, like someone like New Jack is able to do. He would pick the weak link out of the line, scare the living shit out of him. You know what I mean? And then, you know, I, b- before the, the kid would completely shit his pants or, or run away, he'd go, no, I'm just playing with you. And then the whole line would laugh. Like New Jack would always pull shit. That's like with the, this guy's like hiding under a tree with a guitar. And believe me, I was, I, I'm very happy that New Jack never picked me because he did that at at least two or three of the shows I went to. We're out there waiting in line. He'd come out there, he'd pick out the geekiest of the geekiest wrestling fan, and he would scare the living shit out of him. Like, he'd come up to him and be like, did you just call me a nigger? <laughs> right. Like, he'd do stuff like that. And, and if New Jack did that, I, w- I would definitely. <laughs> yeah, like with a dead serious like if, look on his face, right? Right, like that guy who's literally killed people in his life. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. That. And then the fan would be like, what are you talking oh, about? And then Mustafa, <laughs> Mustafa would be like, nah, man, nah, man. He, like, like, Mustafa would be the good cop. You know, Mustafa would be like, nah, nah, Jack, he didn't say that, Jack. Like, <laughs> and New Jack <laughs> Is it like, bad oh. that when I grew up, I liked Mustafa more? And New Jack would be like, no, nah, no, nah, I heard him. I heard him. And he would, like, get in the fan's <laughs> face. And I saw this happen, like, two or three times. Yeah. And, like, you know, the regulars knew what was going down, you know. But if you were, like, a first-timer or you were the poor kid that he was doing it to, like, oh, my God. you thought you were going <laughs> to die. I mean, because New Jack had that aura around him that he, right. it was legit. And with him, it really was, probably was legit. He's, no, it was he, legit. No, he, he he is very liable to grab you and take you by the train yard and just slice you up. <laughs> yeah. So then, you know, right when the person would be on the brink of tears, he'd go, no, nah, man, I'm just playing with you. And then he'd like hug him. And, you know, then he would goof around with the line. You know what I mean? I guess he just got bored hanging out. And then that. hit him with a guitar. You know, so so the new age version of that is. Um, and he would slice his forehead open with a machete. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then he 
you would blade the kid, and then uh, <laughs> right. right, right. But no, the rite of passage. You would go into ECW, you get bladed by New Jack. Get bladed by New Correct. Yeah. And uh, but but the New Age version of that is the Drifter Elias Sampson. Oh God! I don't think that's a New Age version of that. I think it's a. Uh, I, 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 I no, yeah, I guess New Age. We're we're a uh, less cool society. I, I, not cool society. I don't know the correct word to say it, but yes, Elias Sampson hanging out with a guitar is is the new New Jack. Okay. That's the end of that. All right, Emma, Becky Lynch, Charlotte, and Dana Brooke. Uh, this did nothing for me. No, I had no strong thoughts one way or another. It was just kind of there, the- a multi-person match. There was nothing special about it. There was nothing terrible about it. Um, I don't know. That- I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I, I got nothing. So. I got nothing. Uh, Liger, Breeze. We'll go to the main part of the show now. Uh, we talked a little bit about this. Entrance cool, everything else. Uh, the match itself was just kind of there. I, I enjoyed seeing Liger there. Uh, I was a little disappointed that a lot of the crowd wasn't as into Liger as I thought they'd be. But by and large, I thought it was solid. Yeah, it was okay. It was fun to see Liger in WWE, but um, if we're just being nerds and as a match, it wasn't any kind of great match. No. Um, but it was really fun to see Liger in WWE, and it was um, – even if we didn't know that he's supposedly coming back to do random shots from this point forward, I still think it was the right result. You know, I saw a couple people saying, ah, well, he's never coming back, so if he's not coming back to the territory, he should... It's like, come on, that's as bad as the curtain call. They're not going to have Juice and Liger. Juice and Liger, I mean, come on, big deal. And again, I'm sure... And and, and Juice's one of those guys that if you've watched New Japan, you know that he probably said, no, 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 I'm not winning, no, no. I'm sure he said, I don't want to win, I don't really care. You know, what does he care? And they probably said, no, 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 dude, you're winning. Like, come on, you're Juice and Liger in a WWE ring, you're winning. You know what I mean? Look, like it was, the, it was the opener on the special. He was going to win. It was going to pop the crowd, and it doesn't do any damage to Tyler Breeze. I mean, come on. No. But now, since you know, supposedly he's going to be working some more shots. If they want to give him his win back, they can do that. But even if that wasn't <laughs> the case, I don't think it was a big deal. Who the fuck cares? Yeah. All right. The Vaude Villains versus Blake and Murphy. This I've been very hard on the Vaude Villains. Very hard. I bash them on this show. I bash them on Twitter. Um. Blake and Murphy, to me, they're just two guys. I love Alexa Bliss. I think at this point... She's so good. My, She is one of those people... You, we always talk about the heel turns that you didn't know you needed. Uh, Dude, I thought... I had no, I thought when they turned her heel, I went, eh, we'll see. She's perfect. She's like, great. She's so good. She really is great. She's got the great face. Just her facials and everything. I think she does as a heel. It's just perfect. They, they've they've struck gold with that. I, I was shocked. I did not think that was going to I work, think that but, might be her future. I don't know if her future is Oh, God, yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. she's really tiny... She was passable in the ring, but nothing special. Um, That might be her future. But um, I will say, though, for two teams that I have bashed openly, this was the best match that either one of these teams have ever had. And I enjoyed this match a lot. Yeah, it was, it was a classic style tag match, and that's why I think I enjoyed it. They kept it simple. They kept it like, you know, it wasn't very different than something you'd see in, you know, 1989 or whatever. It was very similar to that. You know, the hot tag to, to, to Simon Gotch, a little bit of back and forth, you know, cutting off the ring. It was just a basic, good, you know, they didn't try to do too much. They didn't try to, they didn't do too lot. I, I thought it was just perfect. It was just in the middle of, of not being, you know, not spectacular, but but very good. I, I enjoyed it. I think the Vaudevillains act, if it has any prayer on the main roster, it has to be as heels. It has to be as... When, everyone thinks I'm nuts, but didn't they have a short heel run on, on NXT? They did, yes. They, they had, uh, remember the music? Yeah. It, uh, it, was, it was like, you know, the happy-go-lucky music, and it was like, dun, dun, yes. dun. Yeah, they were very slow, and Simon Gotch would, you know, put people in the headlocks forever and stuff. Yeah, it was, it was yeah, no, they, it, you're, you're not wrong. They were, was, they were like these grumpy, old-timey, and it worked better, in my opinion. And they mm-hmm. dropped it, and they just... They didn't do an angle. They just went back face, uh, you know, one yeah, you know, just do NXT no. or whatever it was, which, look, you're going to 
kind of stuff at developmental. You know what I mean? They're going to switch course. I mean, they do it on the main roster in that company. But yeah, who cares? Um, but uh, yeah, and, and and as for the other two guys, um, do they have a name or are they just Blake and Murphy? They're just Blake and Murphy, right? Wesley uh, Blake and Buddy Murphy, but yeah. Sure. So, you know, you got Blake and Murphy. Look, I think they can be a prelim level team on the main roster. I don't have any problem. I don't think either one of them will send any higher than that. And that's fine. That's fine. That's a good role for them. The world needs ditch diggers too. You know what I mean? Yep. And and, it's, and I could see them on the main roster as a, as a low level team uh, when they want to freshen up that scene a little bit. Um, you know. So and it, listen, this was the best match that either of these teams have ever had. I, I, I really think that uh, you know you got the sense that everybody on this card really wanted to go out there and impress people. Absolutely. What's your what's your hot take on blue pants? I I, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get the appeal. I, I mean, I don't. I look. I don't. I don't. I don't get it either. But I, I didn't have a problem with the angle because I thought it. it no, it was fine. I just I don't get why people get excited about it. Like, and even the crowd, I like the crowd was like yeah. super into it when she first came out, and then like everything else she did, nobody cared. It was like I I don't I just don't get. That's what I mean. I, I understand why people in, uh, like her, and you know she's a. People enjoy her, the the actual person behind the character, and all that sort of stuff. Oliva Bates or whatever. But I, I just, from the crowd standpoint, I just don't get it. They like they go super nuts when she comes out, and then she does anything, and they're like, oh, all right. I think I, just, just, I, I don't know. I, I just, just think it's one it. of those. I, I think it's just one of those cult things, and I think every territory had somebody like that. We've talked about it on this show before. Like every territory used to have someone like that. Every indie kind of has that cult thing that it works in your in that territory or in that company but it wouldn't work anywhere else you know what i mean and it's just blue pants is one of those cult things in quote unquote nxt territory um her movements again she's another one where her movements are very unnatural um you know i i don't think there's any kind of future there she's already like 31 years old or whatever it is um you know look fans like her she's 34 so the difference there is one is a world is one of them good yeah, one of them's good and the other's not good. <laughs> so I will, I will, difference. Look, look, there's a bit. Look, we all know what goes on on Twitter when it comes to blue pants. There's a particular Irish wrestling fan who is very outspoken about blue pants, and there's uh, lots of fans of of blue pants who are very outspoken in the other direction. Um, look, I will say this: I haven't seen enough of Leva Bates in real matches. Now, I'm not talking about NXT squashes that are 90 seconds long. I've seen her a few times. I haven't seen enough of her. I can't come on this show and give you an opinion of her work because I'm not going to do that based on the one or two matches that I've seen that were legitimate real matches. You know what I mean? I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I can I can tell you this though. Have you seen her work first? First of all, uh, I've seen probably I've probably seen a handful of matches. Can you give an opinion on her work? Uh, I don't think it's very good. You're not. Oh, so you don't think she's any good? I don't think she's any good. I, I think she's she's again she's the one similar to what we talked about with even Maria Carmel. She just doesn't have. You know, those sort of and there's, you know, I, I, people are going to feel like we're picking on women. I mean, there's male wrestlers we'll talk about a little bit later that, that are the same way. She just doesn't have that the athleticism, the timing, the she she means well and she, and she has, you know, decently structured matches. I, I like a lot of the stuff about her, but she's like the, the like you said, the two left foot. Like it, she's just very unathletic, very, you know, not as flexible and just like the agility. Like we talk about you, a, a raw athlete. She's not that she's making the most probably out of what she has. In terms of athleticism, agility, and speed, and all that sort of stuff, there's just not much there. Well, yeah, what I was going to say was I, I was having an informal conversation with a promoter about a month and a half ago. And we weren't even specifically talking about Leva Bates. This is somebody who uh, used to book Leva Bates uh, pretty frequently. And this person told me – and this this is someone who booked her. And they said uh, – 
I was actually scanning through my text messages as you were talking to see if I could read the quote directly. I'm going to have to paraphrase because I think I deleted it or I don't have it or whatever, or I can't find it and I'm not going to waste people's time looking for it. The gist of it was this is someone who booked her and their opinion was she was a terrible wrestler. Yeah. So that's coming from a promoter, someone who books her. Uh, the gist of it was uh, I love Leva, but she's a terrible wrestler. So I don't know. I, I don't really have an opinion. I, I can't give you an opinion on her. I haven't seen her enough. You don't like her. The promoter doesn't like her. Uh, well, I like her as a person. <laughs> she's no, I'm cool. talking about her she's as like a, a worker. Cool. Yeah, as a worker, no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I don't know. So it, it's – but she's got something that works, and it keeps getting her booked in this company. Yep. She doesn't have a deal. But she's she's kind of back into shirt. something. She's got a T-shirt, and I mean, really, all she did was show up as a jobber in her X-Men pants, and you know, it became a thing. Like she didn't even really have to work for it. Uh, it just became <laughs> a thing because Big Cass called her blue pants. You know, and, yeah. Um, you know, sometimes in this business, it, it you do just have to be lucky like that. So I mean, you know, from that perspective, good for her. Uh, Apollo Crews, the former Uwan Nation, defeated Ty Dillinger. What did you think of this match? I thought I hated this because I thought Ty Dillinger took way too much of this match. Yeah, the first like three minutes of the match was all Ty Dillinger. No, this no, needed no, no, to no, be no. <laughs> no. This needed to be a squash match where um, um, Uwan Nation, what's his name? Apollo Crews. Where Apollo Crews needed to let it all hang out, do all that shit that we know he can do. Blow away the crowd and blow away the viewers and blow away the people who have never seen him before. Instead, this was Ty Dillinger taking 80% of the match and then um, Apollo Crews hitting his standing moonsault to, to finish the match. I, I didn't make any sense to me structure-wise. Well, well, what's weird about this, too, is I don't know why they booked this match initially because they just gave Ty Dillinger a new gimmick, you know, the perfect 10 thing, and he was doing that. And, and that, that's a gimmick that's you know could have some legs or whatever. But, yeah, that's why it was weird that they booked those two together because that's a guy – it seemed like they were trying to get both these guys over in this match. And, and Apollo just needed to go in there again against anybody and just destroy him like he did not need to be doing you know any sort of back and forth with anybody he needed to just go in and show off you know exactly what he did compare so. this debut to kevin owens versus cj parker right just destruction yeah and kevin <laughs> owens could you imagine look in hindsight that we talked about it at the time how much that match did for kevin owens and how much the unintentional busting of his nose helped him as well in that match and go back in time and structure that match differently where C.J. Parker takes 80% of the match. Now, I'm not saying that Kevin Owens isn't as over as he is today, but it would have been harder for him to get there had that match been structured the way that this match was structured. And I'm not saying it's going to derail Apollo Crews. I don't think it will. But it was just baffling to me that they didn't just have him go out there and squash the guy. Yeah. When it comes to Ty Dillinger, I know they've repackaged him and all that, but let's face it. This guy's an enhancement talent. He's been in the company forever, on and off. I mean, this guy was on WWE, CW as Sean Spears. Okay, he's been there forever. He's a guy who's been, you know, in OVW and Florida Championship Wrestling, and now NXT. He's been in a million different. He's thirty-four. Territories. For people that don't know, he's super old. He's, a, he's a, I mean, not super old, but you know, for developmental, old by old by developmental age, yes. Uh, yeah. Old for developmental and not on the brink of being called up. I mean, certainly you could say that he's old, but the fact of the matter is, I think they view him as just a solid hand. A guy to go on the road and work with these guys. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, so from that perspective, they should have just squashed him. Or if, like you're saying, if they really want to give this guy a go, which I don't think they have any plans to give Ty Dillinger any kind of go. But if they do, for the sake of argument, then like you said, put Apollo Crews in there with one of the guys with these nameless people who haven't been on TV yet. You know what I mean? Um, you know, put him in there with somebody else and let him have a, a quick three-minute squash. I just I didn't understand this match from, from any perspective. 
or, or why it was built the way it was. Yeah, well, luckily, uh, w- one thing I loved in this match, Corey Graves got some extra points for me because he did the uh, too easy. Did you hear that? Yes, he snuck in. I was like, I, I saw that. I was like, ooh, I, I wasn't. I was kind of like looking at my phone or kind of looking overside, and then I saw who I do or uh, Apollo. <laughs> that's gonna be a tough one for a while. Uh, you know, do, do his patented, you know, just too easy or whatever. And I saw Corey Graves go, wow, that's just too. Easy. And I was like, ah, Corey. You've earned respect. I don't like Corey Graves usually, but you earned me. Sneaky fella. I'll tell you, yeah. he's starting to do a decent job on this commentary. He's getting good. He's getting very, very good. That's that's another thing I wanted to note. I, I in this show when it was over, I said, "Man, that guy did a really, really good job overall." Because he was he was he was nails on a chalkboard when he first got there, like just really kind of cliched and dumb. He's 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 starting to get it. He's finding his own voice, and it, it's good. He's he's solid. And, and, Unfortunately, and he, Rich Brennan has has been moved up, so I don't know if. Uh, him and Rich Brennan are going to be doing things anymore. And you but. know, it's not an easy job. It's the kind of job where everybody thinks they can do it, but almost, yeah. but almost nobody can do it. So, you know, he started off real rough, but you know what I like about him is he's not like this over-the-top heel, but he says heelish things. And I like that. You don't have yeah. to be an over-the-top cartoon 80s heel. You don't have to be an over-the-top you know, 80s baby fit. He, he's a guy who calls the matches, and every now and then he says something sassy. What's wrong with that? You know what I mean? Right. What's wrong with siding with a heel every now and then? As the color guy, you can do that. You don't want your Absolutely. play-by-play guy doing that, but your color guy, that's okay because it makes him human. Nobody is black and white. We scream about it all the time. No one's black and white, and he doesn't need to be black and white either. Every now and then, he can prefer the heel, or he can pick on a baby face. That's fun. Right. So I, I, I like that he does because it builds. And, and what's important too, and that, and that's why NXT, I think, is is another. You know, we've been praising NXT a lot, and that's that's something that the main roster loses a lot is that you want all you want the heel to also seem like he's a competent you know worker that maybe he just has you know and 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 justified too in a lot of stuff he does you know on the main roster they're they're always cheating the heels they're always dumb you know you know there's that stuff that you always get with the main roster heels and nobody's on their side and they're just kind of these weirdos that that nobody but on NXT you know especially with Corey Graves is you get a heel and he goes yeah well you know this is what happened or how he just wants to prove that he's better you know he he makes justifications for the heels and gives them a little bit of credit and that that's that's important it goes a long way in getting those guys over and getting heels over is that yeah they're not just these inherently awful people they're 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 just bad guys that you know they're they're not necessarily bad guys they're justified but sometimes they do bad stuff you know and i think Corey does a great job uh, of building those up I, I i'm right with you i think he's fantastic he's 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 getting it and then two months ago i would have told you no god no he's awful but he did it um samoa joe baron corbin I thought this is this is weird. My analysis is going to be strange because I thought Joe looked slow, mm-hmm. lethargic, um, out of shape. I'm not. He I'm not liking I, Joe. I don't. I don't <laughs> think he had any kind of spark. I, didn't, I think we were wrong. But I'll admit we were wrong. But at the same. Time. But at the same time, with all of that said, I thought he carried Baron. This was a classic carry job. Um. He, oh, I remember when I said we weren't picking on what here's Baron Corbin's another guy that just does not have anything that you need. Baron Corbin stinks. He can't bend his knees enough. He's, I mean, he, he can't bend. He can't move. Like, what? He has, what are you like? Jesus Christ. Baron dude. Corbin like, has no feel for the job. He stinks. And I kind of saw on Twitter. There's kind of this, you know, every now and then, like people will take to someone ironically. I see right. people taking. Don't take to Baron Corbin. Stop. Stop. Stop he's right so now. Bad. He's not good. Nothing about him is good. And I'm going to start calling people out if I start seeing that shit again. 
Baron Corbin just has no feel for the job, and and he just he looks unnatural. He's a big guy playing pro wrestler. Someone said, "Hey, you should be a wrestler," and he goes, "Yeah, I should." And now he's doing it. And he still has the charisma of a corpse. I mean, there's yes. dead people with more charisma than this guy. Um, he has no natural charisma. Uh, they tried to give him a little life by giving him the anti indie guy gimmick. Mm-hmm. It's still not working. I mean, he's slightly more char- oh, look. Anything was going to be slightly more charismatic than before because before he was just a guy who had a neutral look on his face at all times. Um, he just I, – I don't think this guy – I don't think it's ever going to work out with this guy. He's going to get a million chances. And here's the other thing too. OK, he's tall. I get it. He doesn't have a particularly great physique. He doesn't look intimidating. He doesn't look menacing. He doesn't, His moves aren't intimidating. He doesn't actually use any power when he's doing it. No, that. he doesn't have any kind of dangerous aura. So we say he's going to get a million chances, but will he? I mean, what's so great about it? What is the appeal oh, to this guy? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I can look at Mason Ryan, right? And I could oh, say, I get, I get Mason Ryan. Say, you yeah. know what? Vince McMahon is giving that guy a million chances. Okay. I look at Baron Corbin and I say to myself, why would he? Why would he get a million chances? The guy, he doesn't – I mean he's just tall. He has no other attribute other than his height. I mean he's balding and he's in his 20s. I mean what is – he doesn't have a great look. Well, let's slow down. OK. I mean that's all right. No, but look. <laughs> my, my point is there's nothing – he doesn't Jeez. have a great look is my point. No, I- There's nothing about this guy that stands out. He has no charisma. He can't work. And look, I understand he's still green, but he doesn't strike me as someone who's ever going to be able to work. Right, and that again, like that's kind of been the theme of the few guys we've talking about is where you just kind of notice and you kind of sense. Look, this guy just ha- doesn't have the athleticism to be a a, a major pro wrestler in 2015. Maybe this would have, fl- you know, f- 1985. Maybe you can't. You cannot. <laughs> I mean, you stick out like a sore thumb now. You look like a guy who can't move, who can't work, who has no balance, who doesn't have agility, doesn't have it. I mean, you need this type of stuff to wrestle in 2015. Like the fans see right through it, and that's why they just haven't taken to him. Because they see this guy and they understand he's he's a tall guy playing pro wrestler. Yeah. You can't do that anymore. No, the competition's Sorry. too stiff. There's there's you know it, you know it, this isn't nineteen. Look, Rufus R. Jones isn't on the undercard, so you know you're you're not going to look good because you don't have those guys on the undercard to look good compared to. Okay, yeah, you know it's it's you you want look a perfect example was that Vaude Villains and Blake and Murphy match. I don't think either one of us think much of any of those four guys. They blow away this Baron Corbin. I mean, in terms oh, yeah. of, of terms of, they get how to be pro wrestlers, and they, 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 their movements look natural, and and you know they're average pro wrestlers, you know at best. But it's like this guy isn't even close to being average. And I don't right. And I think the biggest. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. And he just and I don't think he has enough of a feel for it to to. It's going to be very difficult for him to get there. And, I, and that's a big thing for the feel is that okay if you're going to be an unathletic you know tall guy or whatever that's fine if you're just going to throw people around if you're going to throw stiff clotheslines if you're going to you know hit big chops and 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 seem menacing and seem like a guy that's just this big log that that's destroying people but he's not he like he's finessing like we it, it's the whole thing's just not working he just doesn't have the the, the feel for it like you said it's just. Yeah, he's he's fucking terrible. So please, dear God, of all the people you're gonna like champion or throw your flag on, like, don't be. He's the most unhas hos that I've ever seen. I mean, right? Like, and people want him to be that, but I and I'm a firm believer that you can sort of tell very quickly. And I think that's the same with athletes. I think it's the same with wrestlers or whatever. I think you can tell pretty quickly if a guy's got it or not. I mean, you can tell that there's raw, you know, there's you need a little bit of refinement here or whatever. You need this. You need this. I don't think I've ever seen a guy be so horrible and then say, yeah, at some point this guy's going to get really good. You know what I Look mean? Look at Moose. 
how bad was Moose when he was doing the Evolve shows? But you knew that and, something and was you there. saw, look, this guy might have something. He's terrible right, exactly. now. This guy, you know there's nothing. The thing with him is he's just so unmenacing. This is a former NFL player. This is a six foot six man. This is and 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 I feel like I can kick his ass. Now that I'm not saying that I can kick his ass, but you understand do you understand what I'm saying? The aura that he gives off, I see him on TV and I think to myself, I'm a guy in my thirties, an average dude, and he doesn't scare me. If you're a pro wrestler and you're six foot six, you should have some kind of aura of danger where I think where I'm positive that you can beat the shit out of me. And he doesn't mm-hmm. give off that aura to me at he all. He's a boxer too. Yeah, and he, look how listen, I'm <laughs> sure the man would thrash me in a minute, but he doesn't give off that aura at all. He gives off an aura like I'm not. I wouldn't be scared of this guy. If this guy confronted me in a bar, I you know I feel like I wouldn't be scared of him. And then I'd promptly get destroyed. But th- that's not my point here. My point is he's not giving off that aura, and he really needs to. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and it's just not. And he's getting he's getting old too. People kind of forget that this guy isn't twenty two or twenty four. He's thirty years old. Like, uh, it's a good point. You know, he had. A, like you forget that. So you, know, you said balding in his twenties. I think everybody has this idea that he's twenty four years old. The guy's he's thirty. You're right. I mean, it's a second career for him. You're absolutely right. Right. So people got to put that in mind when they're talking about his potential. I mean, you're, he's past he's past his athletic peak. You know, he's not at his what we call wrestler peak or whatever, but athletic peak, he's he's there. He's He's done with it. And uh, imagine, imagine injecting Darren Corbin's personality into Baron Corbin or, or making Darren Corbin Baron Corbin's size. Right. It's just funny how the world works, you know, because you got a guy like Darren Corbin who is charismatic as fuck, entertaining as fuck, um, a heck of a pro wrestler, too. Oh, yeah. Great. But, you know, he's five foot nothing and, and doesn't have a great look. And, you know, he's, he's an indie guy and a very good indie guy. You know, and it's like this guy, Baron Corbin, doesn't have half, doesn't have a fraction of the talent of Darren Corbin. Not a fraction of the talent, but he's tall. So he's on WWE TV. You know what I mean? So it's not fair. Sometimes it isn't fair. I mean, he's tall. It just isn't right. I mean, you know, make Darren Corbin six foot six. <laughs> uh, before we move on, were we wrong about Samoa Joe? And by that, I mean we, we, you know, we were screaming to the high heavens that hey, look, this guy once he gets motivated, once he gets out of WWE or uh, TNA, rather, this is a former wrestler of the year. This is a guy who's had you know match of the year caliber matches all for his career. Once he gets out of there, once he gets remotivated, he'll get there. He'll be there. Come on, like let's not sell this guy short or whatever. <laughs> I just I don't know. I don't think okay, we were I think he's fitting his role fine, but it's not at all what I expected from Samoa. It is Joe. not. We weren't wrong right. from the perspective of he can work anywhere he wants to work. A lot Correct. of people were, that we were right a on. lot of people were saying no one is going to want Samoa Joe. That right. could have been fell over themselves to book him. Of yeah, course. In the first minute that he was available. He could he he was able to call his shot and go to whatever company in the world he wanted to go to. Um, I'm not ready to write him off yet. I think he got a little unlucky when they sent Kevin Owens to the main roster. Mm-hmm. They were headed towards a big singles match, probably on one of these takeover shows, and I think that that had a chance to be a really good match. I think their styles complement each other perfectly. The Baron Corbin match was the first time that I've seen him where I thought to myself, something doesn't look right. He's either hurt or... There's something wrong with him physically, or I don't know of his motivation because I really didn't judge him on like the Rhino match or these random tag team matches that mm-hmm. he's been in. 
you know, and I, 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 I got to yeah. see a guy in a big spot. You know what I mean? Right. I, well, and the problem, the thing that I always wrestled with is, is I, I saw him in Ring of Honor. I saw him in AEW. Um, I saw him in a, a, you know, numerous indies or whatever. And I sort of still, I got the same vibe that I'm getting from these matches too. And that's where I'm a little bit different than you. I've you know, the Rhino match, I wasn't going to judge him on, but I've seen him in those spots. But I sort of said, ah, you know, he's going to WWE. He's taking it easy. He's doing that sort of stuff. I still haven't seen. How was he? I've seen him Josh, in some big spots. How was he now. against Josh Alexander? Okay, okay. I've seen Josh have way better matches though. It was just okay. What did you see the ACH match from Milwaukee? I did not know. It was okay. Yeah, and then I saw him against Elgin in Chicago. That was eh, not very good. So you didn't like the Elgin match at all? I didn't. Yeah, I didn't like it at all. Yeah, well, you know, I think it's fair to say he has not done well since he left TNA. That's absolutely fair to say. I want to see him in a big spot in a big match. Mm-hmm. He's going to be in this tag tournament. Um, he worked the SmackDown taping as part of the tag tournament, I believe. I don't know if that's going to air on SmackDown or NXT, but it's going to air somewhere. I think they may have taped it at the SmackDown tapings to air on NXT. Exactly. That's that's yeah. I could be it's wrong bizarre, about that, but, but I no, I, I'm yeah. pretty sure that's what's going on. And who's he teaming with? I think he's teaming with Balor, right? He's teaming with Balor, which to me sort of tips the hand that it's, something's going to happen there, and maybe Joe goes heel. That's and they try something new with him very and very try possible. to give him some because they need they need a heel they need a big heel on that and so that's maybe his thing and maybe maybe that's the role he needs to play and that's that's what'll kickstart him and I hope so because yeah right now I've, I've I'm very disappointed I'm close so. I'm close to writing him off I'm close I want to see him in a big spot is that fair that's fair yeah absolutely I want to see him in a big spot if he gets a main event against Balor and it sucks then then I'll do because it. Balor Balor is delivered against Neville against Owens twice yep. uh, the Japan match was good. Um, the Neville match he delivered. Uh, so yeah, you know, it's, it's, you know, he, it, it, I would, if Joe lays a fart, a wet fart against Balor, then yeah, I'm, I'm all in on this guy's done. Okay. And then the last two matches we talked a lot about, uh, Bailey, Sasha Banks. I don't think we have to talk about that one anymore. And then Finn Balor and Kevin Owens. We did lengthy that. So that's takeover. Yep. All right. SummerSlam. Uh, you want to go match by match yeah. and then we'll kind of yeah. give our thoughts. Okay. Uh, we gave our, our, our sort of big thoughts about SummerSlam, but yeah, let's do match by match. Uh, Seamus Randy Orton is the opener. Look, I saw you really buried this match. Um, yeah, I didn't think it was very I thought good. it was all right. I mean, I th- look, it was the three-star match I was expecting these guys to have. I didn't, I didn't think it was great or anything. But when she, when Seamus and Randy Orton go out there, I expect them to have a competent three-star match. They're competent pros who are able yeah, to I'm have a competent <laughs> match. <laughs> I'm sick of that. It didn't, it didn't light my world on fire. I don't think it lit your world on fire. I don't think it's going to light it. But – Here's my takeaway. Oh, Rob McCarron gave it four stars. That's crazy tall. I thought. I, I, I think I said in my review, I think I have a different TV or a different network feed than you guys. Cause. Well, I mean, if you like competently worked, uh, you know. If that's four stars, though, boy, yeah. that's, you, you got you, you're gonna be It's going to be a snowy winter for you because, man. <laughs> Can't say I agree with the airport there. I will say this about that's this. That's a lot of snowflakes that's going to be falling if that's four. But. I have one strong thought about Seamus, of all people. He stinks as a heel. And <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. And this is, something, okay. this is something I hate in modern wrestling. I didn't mind it in 1985, but it bothers me now. As a babyface, he's this ass kicker, this stiff ass kicker. In well, he was face. that for a while when he turned heel. Right, but but do you remember? He was. Hold on, but let me finish my thought. Yeah. And you know how he is. You know, he's a stiff guy. He works stiff. Um, he's an ass kicker. Concussions sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You know. Now, and you know, at first, you know, at times when he was a heel in the past, he worked like that too, which I had no problem with. This current incarnation with the goofy beard and the mohawk. 
the way he's working as a heel right now is awful because all of a sudden he's a chicken shit. What is that? Yeah. I cannot stand in modern wrestling. That's WWE. That's WWE heels. When a guy they... does a face turn or a heel turn and not and they their 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 style of work completely changes right. as well. I hate it. That doesn't make any sense to me. One of the biggest ones for me that, that, that killed me and I killed a lot of people was when, when Stone Cold turned heel in 2001 or whatever. Here, this is Stone Cold fucking Steve Austin who spent you know the past five years kicking ass, doing this, you know, fuck you, I don't give a shit. And then he turns heel and he's, he's hiding behind people and he's a little chicken shit and he, oh, I got to cheat to win and all that. Sort of, it's like, come on. That is such old school fucking Ugh. bullshit and I can't stand it. Look, he can, he can, it, it's in modern wrestling, your attitude can make you a heel. Yes. You're, you're the way uh, you're, you you know, you can don't let, don't let Jim Ross hear this, but yeah, it's, but, but that's absolutely true. It's your attitude. And look, maybe you take shortcuts at the end of a match to win. I have no problem with that. Maybe you uh, hold the tights when you roll a guy up, maybe, uh, you know, this'll, this'll fit into what we'll talk about later. Maybe you kick a guy in the balls when the referee's not looking, right? Uh, you're, you're frustrated. Maybe you push the ref, you, you know, you get a two fall and you go, fuck, you know, yes. damn it. Push them or, but, if if you're this uh, but but here's the thing like if you're this tough guy who works stiff and is a fighter as a babyface and then you completely change your personality as a heel to where you're a chicken shit and 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 all of a sudden you're a heel so you're stupid I love that one too you turn heel and all of a sudden you're stupid you have the IQ yeah. of a fucking lamp because you're a heel that's such 1973 nonsense I can't stand it and that's kind of what cha- now here's the thing he's eventually going to turn face again. Why the fuck would I get behind this guy as a face now when you know he's 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 been a chicken shit all this time? Okay, it, you could be a heel because of your attitude. You could be a heel because of subtle things that you do in a match. I believe that you know for the most part, if that's if if you're the kind of baby face that that and you want to work clean, I I get it. If you're going to be a heel and you're going to take shortcuts in a match, that's fine too. But this complete like 180 in 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 the style of work when guys turn heel like the way Sheamus has done, it rubs me the wrong way and honestly and it insults me as a viewer. I'm insulted by mm-hmm. that. It's like he's a completely different person. He's not he's the same person. He can be a heel because he's a dick. He can be a heel because of the things he does to babyface. He could be a heel because he bullshits his way into title matches or cheats to win titles. But he, he doesn't have to completely change who he was when he was a babyface. That's insulting to me in 2015. We've evolved beyond that shit. And I, yeah. and, and I, I really don't like the way she, Sheamus is working right now. I'm with you. I agree. And look at, yes, and look this, at Randy Orton. He doesn't pull that shit. I mean, he turns he's kind of the same and guy he regardless. Just, <laughs> becomes a, and he becomes a dick. And when you know, he's a baby face, he's less of a dick. You know, he's not a great example to use because he's just kind of the same guy always. But um, it just it, it bothers me. I don't know how you feel about that, but it really it bugs me. Yeah, I, maybe not to the extent that it bothers you, but but I don't. I'm not a fan of it. I, I've kind of just eye rolled it and kind of assumed that that's just kind of what WWE does now when, when guys turn heel and face, they become different. So so to me, I guess it doesn't bother me, you know, quite as much as it does for you because I like I said in 2001, I basically said ah, this fucking sucks, and, and since then I've I've kind of always just kind of been that way. But yeah, I, I I know what you mean. It, it's it's weird. And and he wasn't this. That's what's silly too is he was he first turned heel. He was an ass kicker. He was great. Remember those first like four or five weeks that he was a heel. It was perfect. And then and know, even in, even on past heel runs, that's the way you know. He, yeah, he was, I, he was an in your face ass kicker, but he was just a heel because he was a dick. Right. Nope. And there's nothing wrong no. with that. You could be a heel because you're a dick. Hasn't MMA taught us anything? Yes. It's you're that, you're a heel because you're a dick. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like the that the girl who fought Rousey was a he was the heel in that fight because she was a fucking asshole. 
Right. You know what I mean? It's it's you're healed because of your attitude nowadays. And that's you know I don't I don't. Ah, uh, Jim Russ told me you're healed if you cheat, so I'm gonna go with him. He says heels have to cheat. They absolutely <laughs> have to cheat. Which again is something else I don't agree with. I mean, to be a heel, you don't have to fucking hide a chain in your tights to be a heel. I mean, it just right. isn't that way anymore. Things change. All right, what do we got? Yeah, Bryce, Bryce Harper is one of the most hated sports. I, again, I'm using sport reference. People are going to get mad. Bryce Harper is one of the most hated, I would say, at least by some people, uh, hated athlete, just because he's kind of a dickwad that just says whatever he wants. Like, he's, he doesn't cheat. He's not a bad guy. He's just kind of a dickwad. So people don't like him. Yeah, it could be subtle. That's all it takes. It could be subtle. Right. It doesn't have to be this in your face. He's got stupid hair and a stupid beard, and he's kind of a dickwad. So people don't like him. That's, that's enough. That's all you need. But, nope. Got to gotta tell stories, Joe. All right. Well, speaking of great stories here uh the new day defeated primetime players lucha dragons and los matadores the new day is so good they're pretty awesome aren't they they're just so like how do you how do you just make like just the absolute dumbest stupidest worst gimmick ever and these three fuckers i don't know how they did it how great was the deal have made it the most the deal with the trump with the trombone oh so they're just it's, I, I feel like somebody does it hasn't like techno, like I can't imagine that Vince McMahon sees these and thinks it's fine because it's like subtle stuff too. I mean, they're over the top and loud, but they're subtle too. At the same, it, it, it seems weird that I'm saying that, but it maybe I don't know if you get it or or people kind of get it. Is that they do over the top stuff, but then they do very subtle stuff in it too. Like like in their over the topness, it's very basic and subtle, and 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 it, it's it's weird. It's not something that everybody usually can have happen where these guys are generally funny are genuinely funny and generally entertaining. You know what I mean? Like it seems organic and that's so weird. Or it's so over the top that it seems organic. I don't know. I don't know exactly how to describe it, but maybe you get, the fans are obviously connecting to it. There's they, a, there's a great thread on our forum where uh, people are posting videos of new day. And it's, it's mostly stuff from the website um, like WWE.com. Um, yeah. Those exclude where those things are so good because, and not just with the New Day, but with everyone in general, because they're clearly not scripted the way everything is scripted on TV. And you really get to see the real personality um, of these guys and girls. And sometimes it works very well. Like with the New Day, they kill it in all of those videos. Go oh, on God. When they're backstage with like, you know, a, a JoJo or a Renee, that's just. They're even more that. entertaining than they are on TV. I mean, the yeah. stuff that they. Biggie is such. He's so good. A quick witted and smart guy that they have totally missed the boat on can you imagine like can you imagine that guy coming up you know 15 years ago oh man or yeah or, or even longer or 10 I mean, years ago yeah, or, or 20 or whatever, whatever it is anything but this current era where would he not like a megastar i mean with his look and, right, and his personality like- and he can work. <laughs> and he's a smart guy and he's quick witted and he and he's such a good worker. And uh he comes across like an ass kicker, unlike Baron Corbin. And it's like um, you know, those 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 just off the cuff videos that they're doing that are probably under no one's intense supervision. You know what I mean? And it's like they just have the freedom to do what they want for three minutes, and it's so good. And then, you know, some of them fall flat though with some of the other talent. Like I saw one with Nikki Bella. And you know, well. it was it was just fucking horrendous. I mean, she couldn't. Don't, don't let those don't let those Nikki fans that follow us on Twitter know. She that, couldn't get she couldn't upset. get out of her own way. I mean, it just goes to show. That's the thing about scripted promos. The thing about the scripted promo era. Everybody hates the scripted promos, right? I I, I don't think you'll find anyone who, who prefers scripted promo. But the thing about the scripted promos is this: yes, 
you lose the top level emotional stuff that's from the heart. Sure. And you're, you're never going to get that with the scripted promos, and you're never going to get anybody. You're never going to have you know your Terry Funks, your Ric Flairs, your Dusty Rhodes, uh, uh, your Roddy Pipers. Although to me he was very hit or miss, but when he hit, it fucking hit. Um, your your Jim Cornettes, okay. Those guys were, you know, your Mick Foley's, those guys were so great doing non, you know, you're never going to get that with the scripted promos. But what the scripted promos also do, which I think is undervalued, is scripted promos completely eliminate the dog shit that we had to endure during those eras too. Because for every Terry Funk and Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair and Jim Cornette and Mick Foley, great promo, okay? You had a promo that if it was on a 1 to 10 scale, it'd be a negative 6 before scripted promos were around. People don't remember those. People don't watch those fondly on YouTube like they do the, 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 the 10s on the 1 to 10 scale that we all know and we all love. Okay, And believe me, those guys were consistently delivering 10s when it came to promos, and they're blowing away the guys today. But what you also had on the flip side were a lot of the people back then in the, eight, in the 70s and 80s were horrendous at promos. And people don't remember that. No, oh, yeah. Nobody today is that bad. Carrie <laughs> Von Erich is a... Nobody today is that bad because they're scripted. What the right. scripted promo does. Everyone's on one level. Everyone's about a five. It brings yeah. everyone up to a five. There's no one below a five now because the scripted promo ensures that these awful people are at minimum a five. The problem is it drags down people who could be giving 10 promos down to a seven. And we may not even know who those people are. Maybe John Cena would be a 10 promo if, he, if this was 30 years ago. But today, he's probably a 7. And sometimes he's a 5. Because if they give him shitty material, you know John Cena, the company guy, he's just going to go out there and deliver the shitty material. When John Cena's given good material, he's fucking pretty fantastic. Uh, but, but, you know, we never get the 10s anymore because it, it's scripted material. But it lifts all of those people who would be a negative 6. And listen, if you want to argue that the promos were better back then, you can't ignore the shitty ones. I'll give you a little exercise to do. For any of our listeners right now, I'll give you a little exercise to do. And we'll keep this in WWE. Watch Raw next week and pay attention to every promo on Raw. In the ring, backstage, uh, with JoJo, whatever the fuck. Okay, Every promo that's on that three-hour Raw next week. Then go on your little network, okay? And if you can get it not to buffer... Put on, put on, <laughs> I can't. Okay, so. if you can get it not to, or go on YouTube, okay, or whatever it is. Go to YouTube, yeah. Go to YouTube. Find WrestleMania or voiceofwrestling.com/slash WWE Network if you want. But yes, you know. and sign up. Uh, <laughs> right. And find WrestleMania one, nineteen eighty-five. Oh, okay. Oh dear. God. And you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Before every match at WrestleMania one, what did they do, Rich? <laughs> they were there with Lord Alfred Hayes, right? Or, right. Or, Unfortunately, or like right. Yeah, but unfortunately, they were also like right where everybody had to walk to get back to the locker room or whatever. That's my favorite part of that entire WrestleMania one. Like, it, they always talk in these WWE documentaries about, oh, it was in Madison Square Garden, it was a pay per view, it was all this big stuff. And then you got like Lord Alpha trying to conduct an interview and like a guy walks through, or there's like a shadow of another guy walking. That's my favorite part. Yeah. That there's just guy like they're in this like one box that like is right in the middle of where everybody needs to be. But yes, I know where you're going. Yeah. But the point here is, I think it was Lord Alfred Hayes, right? Or it wasn't Mean Gene. I think uh, it was, was Mean Lord Gene Al- did some, and then it, they, both, Al, right? they, they traded off. Yeah. But yeah, Lord Alfred ones are particularly awful. Before so. every match at WrestleMania one, and, and the reason I'm picking this show is because everyone on the show gave a promo. Every single person on the show gave a promo. 
They would go out there with Lord Al or Mean Gene, and they'd give a little promo before they went out to the ring, okay? And 90% of them were fucking dog shit that would, <laughs> that would never make the air. In right, Rotunda and Wyndham. I, I love those. They're just like mumbling, like because they're like these young kids. They're just like USA. Like bye. <laughs> like they're so they were bad. awful. Aside from Hulk Hogan, Roddy right. Piper, and, and the guys who were great promos, which were very few. This is my point. We remember the great promos. No one remembers the shit. So go watch WrestleMania one. Go watch those god awful promos that each person gave before their match at WrestleMania 1. None of them would make would, would be fit for TV. None of them would be fit for Ring of Honor television in 2015. Okay, let alone WWE. None of those promos would get on Raw. None of those promo none of those people would would Oh, David Sa- David San Martino would get 25 minutes at those the Those people of Rock. wouldn't crack NXT with those promos. <laughs> the NXT promos are better than those promos. So we all have this grand idea. Oh, Get rid of the scripted promos. Let these guys talk. Yeah, that's great for the, for the top 10% who could pull it off. But you're dealing with the other 90% who would be fucking awful if they didn't have the scripted promos. They'd be awful. Promos were terrible 30 years ago. Promos were terrible 30 years ago. Don't just watch Terry Funk and Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. Watch everybody and see. There were, su- there were guys who were bonafide superstars. Go watch a Ricky Steamboat promo guy was a yeah. mega star and deservedly so he deserved to be a star guy was great go watch a ricky steamboat promo okay dolph ziggler who isn't any kind of great promo who a lot of people think is bad blows away every the way dolph ziggler's promos annihilate ricky steamboat's promos i mean can we be fair okay so the scripted promos it's a double-edged sword be careful when you bash the scripted promo because it brings up the water level for everybody even if it drags down those top level guys it really does. Now, with that said, I think at the grassroots level, you shouldn't be doing scripted pro. You should learn – these guys should be learning how to talk organically. Right. If it becomes a problem and, they, and it's obvious that these guys can't do it, then that's when you can Absolutely. call on these guys. But, but, but to have these guys initially know that, yeah, you're coming in and that, that's how you're going to cut a promo is we're going to write it for you and you're going to – I mean then, then you don't learn anything. You, you shouldn't anyway. Even if you want – I think even if you wanted these guys to eventually all – do scripted promos or whatever, which again I, I disagree with. But let them do it on their own first, and then let them figure out their voice and their cadence and all that sort of stuff. Then, if you really want to control it, then do it. But from the from to do it from the get go is a terrible idea. He, Just to have these guys initially do it is, is silly. Yeah, I mean they should learn how to talk, and then like it's like, but everyone has these rules. It's like not everybody was Arn Anderson. Trust me. Go watch the tapes. Okay, believe me, those guys were the outliers. Okay, did you ever hear a Bobby Eaton promo? Oh yeah. There's a yeah. reason they didn't let that guy talk for the last twenty. <laughs> right. Just get in the ring. Get on. Get in the ring, Bobby. Okay, I, I mean, you know, and I can go right down the line. I mean, you know, it's it's. There's a reason that heel managers were a thing back then, whereas they're not so much a thing now because you had to talk for these guys because they were fucking terrible. Most most of these guys were terrible back then. So I don't know. That's that's my little scripted promo rant. I, I got you. you know, one against the – and I'll tell you, if you're putting – this is going to be very unpopular, but I will take the scripted promo era over the unscripted promo era. I would sacrifice – those mega promos mm. because rich those promos were really no. fucking bad you cannot put that stuff on tv you you can't it's so bad i'd you know. still take the i would take the good over the the the, the mediocre 
and then you let uh, you know Nikki Bella go out there and yeah, I just laugh. That's fine. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, it, it would help because I think there's a lot of guys right now that are really good if they were they would have the you know the chance to kind of blossom. Yeah, I agree. There's gonna be your Nikki Bellas. There's gonna be your guys. But like we've seen, I think those WWE.com, like you mentioned, that's what kind of got us started on here. You see a lot of those. We talked about that one Dolph Ziggler did a few years ago where he just said fuck it, I don't really care, just started screaming into the, I thought that was the awesome. camera. I thought that was great. that was a great one. So he's a guy that I think, and he does you know stand up and improv or whatever. Biggie's another one that I think is fantastic at it. Um, you're gonna get guys like Neville. Who are just going to be awful? Like he's he's bad even in the scripted stuff. But uh, you know, a guy like Ryback, I think could maybe be pretty solid. Um, trying to think, like the Miz, I, I don't think there's any chance that I think there's enough guys right now. I think the, Miz, I think the Miz would be good. Yeah, I think there's enough guys on the roster now that be, that would outweigh the bad. Even though, yeah, I agree. There's going to be your Neville's. There's going to be your Nikki Bellas. There's going to be some of those guys that just kind of like Seth Rollins is a guy that I absolutely think would just die. I mean, like knowing what he did in Ring of Honor and AEW and all those, and going to those shows and watching those lives, he's a guy that yeah, people complain about his you know delivery and those 25 minute promos. Whew. If that guy wasn't given a script, oh boy, Ex- I don't. Excellent point. He'd be awful. Because we've seen it. He'd be so bad. Go watch Ring of Honor. That guy did not get – he hasn't gotten much better at promos. He's just getting better material. Like he'd had nothing to say. That was a guy who got the mic at the end of a Ring of Honor show and just be like (laughs) – Another guy that would be better, Ambrose. Yeah, Yeah, he, he, he would die. Roman Reigns? I think Roman Reigns would do better without the script. No, no, no. I said said a guy who would be better is Ambrose. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. He would improve without the script. Yeah. That's what I mean. I think there's more guys that would improve. You're selling me on this. I think there's more guys than I'm giving credit for who would actually. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But here's the thing, too. They wouldn't. Oh, they would occasionally lay an egg. And and again, that's what your scripted promo kind of prevents, because the worst you're ever going to get out of these guys now is a five. Whereas, look, I'm sure you can easily find Ric Flair on a bad day in center stage where he didn't land. You just again, you don't watch those. Those aren't uploaded to YouTube. You know, a shitty Dusty Rhodes promo where he wasn't clicking on all cylinders, nobody uploads that. Okay, so you'd still have your days where these guys didn't deliver. What the scripted promo does is it kind of gives you a cushion. You're not going to go below a certain level with the scripted promo. Yeah, I would take the high-end stuff, though, I, th- I think. There's enough guys these days that I think are good. There, there's eras, like you talk about like that 2005 era WWE or whatever, the, the, the in the midst of the Laurinaitis era. No, I mean, those guys needed, though. I mean, like, you don't want... You know, freaking like Nathan Jones out there cutting you know, an unscripted pro. Rob, you know what Rob I mean? Conway. Right, like, right, yeah, like that, that, I get by that. But these guys, a lot of these dudes came up in the indies, had a chance to kind of find their voice and do that sort of stuff. So a lot of these guys, I think, are, are, are solid enough to handle it. But no, I agree. There was a time when it, it, it fit and it made sense, but I don't know if that time is right now. But New Day, primetime players, Lucha Dragons. This was actually, Los I thought this was an excellent awesome. I thought this was an excellent match. This is really, 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 really good. This was good. really a kick ass yeah. match. And I'm really getting sick of three way and four way tags, but this one worked for me. I, I really enjoyed this match. And I thought it yeah, was, and the primetime players for me were not working as champions. So I don't mind the title change. No, it's a good move. It, 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 it's a great move, I think. Yeah. I, I'm definitely in favor of it. Yeah, I, I think it, it was really good. I, I enjoyed this match. Um, there's not much more to say about it. Just I, I thought it really solidly worked by every team. Everybody stood out in their own little way, and I, I thought that's 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 hard to do when you can do that, especially in WWE. Uh, you know, four way matches or multi team matches, but I think everybody sort of fit the role and, and did their thing perfect. So enjoyed it a lot. Uh, Dolph Ziggler versus Rusev. Uh, it was all right. Um, you know, it's it, it it kind of felt like they just had the match to set up the cat fight that happened after the match. Right, and to set up a mixed tag at whatever, you know, Night of Champions or whatever. But this feud is over. 
and th- this rivalry is over with the fans. So uh, yeah, not over as in we're done. Uh, over as in the wrestling term. Over. Yeah, over as in serious. people people are into this. Right. So um, you know, but you know, a, a lot of the matches on this show. The one thing about this show is none of the matches really overstayed their welcome. No, I thought that was important. I, 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 I absolutely agree. And that's why I enjoyed the show is that, yeah, everything was just about the right length. Like this was 11 minutes or you know a little under 12 minutes. That's perfect. If it was 20, okay. But it, it wasn't. It was perfect. And on a four-hour show, even with 10 matches, you run into that problem where some things could overstay their welcome. And I don't think anything on this show did, particularly a match we're about to get to. Yes. Um, okay. So yeah, I, I, Dolph Ziggler, Rusev. I, I don't have any real, stu- uh, you know, super strong thoughts. Uh, Rusev, I think is 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 awesome. He's so he's a guy like Big E that we talk about. That that if in ten years, and I think I wrote this in the review as well, if in five or ten years or whatever they haven't done, uh, this guy hasn't been like the guy for a long time. They've missed. It. I mean, he's so good. Everyone in this situation has turned dog shit into something decent. This, right. this like, entire angle had a chance to be awful. It was being universally panned when they started it, and everyone's doing a very, a very good job here in making this. Mm-hmm. Everyone involved, all, all, all right. parties involved. And I think Rusev and Dolph at the top of that, and I think Rusev at the far top of it. He, what he's been able to do, again, with something that was really stupid and a complete 180 of his character and changing and all this sort of stuff, and he's just done it. He's just And, and that's something that I've said with this guy from the beginning is that anything that they've thrown at him, everything they've made him do – He's made it work. I mean, he has had so little duds in terms of in-ring, promos, character work, any of the sort of the thing like that. This is a guy now with a body of work of like two years of just great stuff. Like, he's so, so good. And it's it's going to be a shame if they never really do anything bigger with it because he, he's a guy that I just really think is on another level. He's just so super talented. Completely agree. Uh, all right. Neville, Stephen Amell, arrow Stephen Amell, for Stardust and King Bear. This went a little over seven minutes. Again, it didn't overstay its welcome. Um, as far as celebrities go, Amel did a great job. Um, that was really good. Yeah. <laughs> for celeb, that's like, he, he, like, if he was like a low level indie dude, I wouldn't be shocked. You know, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, yeah. I completely agree. Um, it, his stuff didn't look choreographed like a lot of times with the celebrities it does. In fact, he looked more natural at being a pro wrestler than Baron Corbin. <laughs> that's exactly. Or He's that, more athletic. Because that's a guy who's got legit athleticism, who's got, you know, is, is in shape and is good athleticism and good speed and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. He, he, so had more of the instincts than than Corbin or or you know guys we talked about like Blue Pants and all those people yeah, yeah know, right even Marie and Carmella and all those we've talked about earlier yeah um so yeah from that perspective and and it didn't overstay its welcome it was exactly what it should have been and I thought I was gonna hate this but I, it was fine I didn't have a problem I liked it it was fine all right so I move on uh, Ryback Big Show and the Miz this was bad but it was only five minutes that's so. the thing. I didn't even think it was bad, and it was kept so short. Look, this was the match I was probably looking forward to the least. And oh, you know what? Never mind. I, I take back my bad. I like this one because the Miz was awesome in it. The Miz was great in this. Going for that's the- right. Now I'm reading my review. I forgot. I just assumed it was bad. It wasn't. The Miz was great. He was going for those been a week. flash. It's been a week. Yeah, he was going for those flash pins. I think he went for no less than a hundred pin attempts in the match. He was trying to. Oh st- yeah, that was the best thing. He was ever. trying to that steal woke, the yeah. win. And that woke me up because I, I went into this match going, eh, you know, yeah, whatever. And I was kind of watching it. I was like, nothing was there. And then the Miz did those you know, the 100 flash pins that you're talking about or whatever. And I was like, holy shit, I'm into this. This is pretty awesome. And then it ended. And I was like, good, good, perfect. Like, I think the Miz gets shit on way too much in all respects. I, I agree. No, I, I, I think you're usually worse on him than I am. Am I? I've always thought he was good. I thought Maybe you're not. I don't think I'm a Miz shitter. I always thought he was a good promo and a decent worker. I think he's fine. I, I do too. I, I, you know, I, I feel like we've had this conversation. 
Maybe. But, okay, um, maybe we have. I've always been pro Miz, and I feel like I argue with other people. Maybe I don't argue with you. I must argue with others. Yeah, but. he gets way too much crap. I think he's a he's solid. Yeah, <laughs> he's a great he, promo to us. He, fantastic. He's promo. a great on the stick. He saved that diva segment on Raw uh, last week, where yes. they were just they were dying to death out we'll there. Get to that here. We'll get to that in a little bit. He they were just dying to death, and the Miz saved them. And I thought he was really fun in this match, and um, I thought it was the right call to have Ryback, um, you know, retain the title and. You know, he gave the Miz the knockout punch. What was the finish? It was the um, knockout. Show punch. He gave the knockout punch, but then Ryback clothesline show over the top exactly, and stole yeah. the pin. So it was a match right. where they were all trying to steal pins from each other, and it looks like the feud's going to continue with yet another Big Show turn, uh, which is weird <laughs> because they're, then they're both faces, right? But um, yeah, whatever. I don't know what Ryback <laughs> is though. I it's I don't know what Big Show is on any given week either. It's so I mean I don't know, but uh, it looks like this feud must continue, Rick. Yes, right which on, no one wants. No one wants it to continue, but it looks like it's yeah. continue. But this match, look, they got in, they got out, and it was entertaining, and it was only five minutes, and I ended up liking it. So that's yep. a win because I thought I was going to not stand it. So so far we've liked a lot of just about everything. This is you'll a good show. We, we, it's a good show. You'll see why we enjoyed this show. Yeah, as we as we go on here. Uh, next match was uh, Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose, the best friends forever, uh, versus the Wyatts. That was Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper. And again, this was a little over ten minutes. Again, I think a perfect length match, and, and I enjoyed this a lot. I thought the 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 the, the interplay between Reigns and Ambrose is great, and I thought again the best part of this match is, and, and I was going in saying I hope this is what they do. They let Ambrose and Harper do about eighty five percent of the match, and let those other two do the other little parts, and that was exactly what you should do, and it was perfect. I enjoyed the intensity of this match, and uh, I thought it was a lot of fun, and there was a lot to like about the match. And I'll tell you, um, you know, someone proposed this on Twitter a couple of weeks ago and I kind of blew it off, but I've been thinking about it. And while they're not going to be my choice, I can come up with probably, I don't know, 10 teams ahead of them, but I don't think it would be outlandish. What do you think for someone who maybe doesn't, you know, watch grimy Perot or doesn't watch Luch, someone who's basically a listener out there who maybe is a watches WWE watches a little bit of Ring of Honor, maybe watches TNA once a month. What do you think about Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose as the tag team of the year in the world of pro wrestling? Mm. Now, if it sound, now, if it sounds absurd to you at first, as it did to me, you're probably thinking to yourself, they're not really a regular tag team. They don't team that much. But a quick glance at the cage match, they team on TV pretty much every week for like the last four months. They team a lot. Um, is it crazy to have them in your in the top three? Yes or no? Um, now, well, look, eliminate your pit. You're not counting the Twin Towers or any of these, you know, teams where you got to be a mega fan, right? Be aware okay, of so them. I'm from a strictly no WWE Sekimoto fan. and Okabayashi, no Twin Towers, right. no no Noah teams. You know what I mean? None of that. You know, it just you're 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 a you're a you're a you're a good wrestling fan. You watch your WWE. You maybe pay attention. You go to your local indie. You watch your Ring of Honor. You maybe pay attention to TNA. And maybe you watch Wrestle Kingdom and one or two other New Japan shows. Or that kind of fan, which is probably mm-hmm. most of the people listening to this. You, you, like that guy. Is it outlandish to put them in the top three? Yes or no? I wouldn't. I still don't think I'd have them in top three, but th- they have some pretty good TV matches, that team. They have, they've had nine TV matches all year. So it's only nine TV, TV and pay-per-view? It's nine TV matches. Yeah, I'm going through right now. There, there's a lot of uh, six-mans that they're in or whatever. But if we're talking strictly those two, 
They have nine TV matches. I thought, see, I thought it was more than that. That's not a lot of matches. That's no, not, that's not. Many, that's not going to be How many were on pay-per-view? Uh, let's see. We have uh, SummerSlam. Good match, not a great match. That's it. Okay. TV matches. Do you see any on there that are standing out for you as... Let's see. Well, there was last Monday's. I can, I can just run them down real quick, and you can sort of see if you remember. Oh, my God. Yes, that was great. Last Monday was uh, a good match, not a great match. Yeah, yeah. Last Monday. Uh, SmackDown on July 14th. Sheamus versus Sheamus in the Big Show. Do you remember that one? Uh, I, don't. I don't remember that. Uh, SmackDown June 16th against Kane and Sheamus. Don't remember that. All right. Uh, May 26th on SmackDown versus uh, Kane and Seth Rollins. Man, we got to get Rue Gunn on this show. This is like <laughs> this is all SmackDown. Maybe if Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns are the SmackDown tags, and maybe the SmackDown team of the year. Yes, I, I think that might be a, a possibility. Uh, May twenty fifth against Kane and Seth Rollins. Yeah, none of these are ringing a bell. Here's nope. May, okay, April twenty first versus Luke Harper and Seth Rollins. We're going so far back. This is like Wrestle. This is like post. And then we have to go all the way back to. Uh, January 6th against Seth Rollins in the big right, show. So I don't so. remember who that guy was on Twitter, but maybe he was exaggerating a little bit and barking up the wrong tree. Um, but, uh, yeah, it doesn't sound like the resume is as strong as uh, that fellow led on or that I led you on either. So maybe not. It's got to be the New Day, right? If you're the cop. There's some combo with the New Day. I think, if, I, if I'm that fan, if I'm that I think fan. the New Day certainly is going to get a ton of votes from your voters who strictly watch WWE, I think, yes, right. they will probably be the number one choice. It sucks that Tyson Kidd and Cesaro got sort of cut off. Yes. Because that was a team that was definitely there. But, yeah, of course, that they will not be building the resume the rest of the year. But that's another team that, that looking at the early year, I'm, I'm kind of going through these results right now. That's one that I would say, wow, yeah, that, they were far and away, you know, my WWE team or whatever, or that hypothetical, uh, you know, hypothetical fan. But, yeah, not anymore, I don't think. All right, uh, move on. After that match, we had Seth Rollins defending his – uh, World Heavyweight Championship against John Cena, the United States Champion. It was title for title, singles match. I thought this was spectacular. It was a great, it was great match. Four and a half Seth stars Rollins out of me. So good. Yeah, and I, I like Cena. I think Cena was. Don't get me wrong. Cena was very good in this match. Really, really good. He's been solid as of late. I really haven't hated anything that Cena's done in months. I thought this was Seth Rollins's. You know. Fuck it! I'm just gonna do what I can do. This match. this was Seth. Rollins. He didn't hold anything back here. It, he, this was his match. Went balls to the wall. Yep, yeah. This was a Seth Rollins match. Absolutely. Um, I completely agree with everything you just said. Cena was there. Cena was fine, but this was Seth Rollins match. Um, did he steal some of Rick Shea's spots that he studied in uh, yeah. Reseda a couple weeks ago? <laughs> sure he did. Happen. Sure he did. But uh, who doesn't steal from each other in the world of pro wrestling? Um, and Ricochet noticed, by the way, because I don't know if you saw a tweet that Ricochet oh, sent out. I didn't out. see that, though. He noticed. He's like, that motherfucker. Ricochet sent out a, uh, a gif, Rich, a gif, not a gif, a gif of, okay. uh, of the Meteora spot that he does that rolls into the – yeah, so he, he posted a gif of that with the caption of, hmm, with dot, dot, dot. <laughs> So Ricochet noticed that that Rollins. Well, go was, go go DM with Kenta. He'll tell you all about that. Don't. Well, it was lifting some of the stuff there. Yeah. Uh, but look, you know, it's 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 just funny that after he visited the uh, the PWG show and probably saw all that shit, that you know, in his next big match, he's uh, he's lifting those spots. But look, I, you know, it's this this was the best Seth Rollins match in a long time, probably since the three way at Royal Rumble. Would you agree with that? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Which I also thought was a great match. Oh, here I'm finding it right now. Yeah, <laughs> you found the tweet. Yeah, let's see. Yeah. 
That's a total oh, ricochet spot. Yeah, oh yeah. I we're bad with the names of moves, like, like, but people know what we're talking about. It, that's a ricochet. It's Miodor into the standing moonsault. Yeah. Yes, that's a that, that's, it's it's ricochet one oh one right that's, there. That's a ricochet <laughs> spot that he does basically in every match. The the meteora and the the, the Shima meteora into the into right. the standing moonsault. And you see Ricochet, what he typed, hmm, right? Like H. <laughs> yeah, it just says, yeah, it was a similar Ryoto tw- uh, uh, gif, yeah. or gif, rather. And it just goes, hmm, smiley face, smiley Or like, uh, frowny face, frowny face, frowny face. Yeah. So, yeah. shit. Well, I guess I can't use that at the tryout anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't think is going to matter based on some of the things no, you've been but, told. But, uh, you know. I, not in the future, he's yeah, going to have to strike that from the, uh, the old tryout. I'm interested so. to see if Rollins is going to continue with that spot moving forward and make it, like, part of his thing. Uh-huh. Like you just kind of referenced, like when CM Punk basically lifted the entire move set of Kenta, <laughs> like he, ba- you know, the entire move set. Like, I- I'm wondering if th- this will be sort of that kind of deal, and if he adds other things too. Like, if he starts doing the Benadriller, it's like, all right, come on. Like, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so but, he needs to do the tope over the corner, and then we'll. Uh, I don't think he's ever doing the. Tope I don't think he's going to do that. No, I don't. Now think so. I think he's he's capable of doing that. He's a tremendous. I don't think athlete. he should do that. No, I I think he should not. They're never allowing him to do that, and I don't think they they have the space to do that. I don't he, think they have the room. Yeah, he he would die on the freaking uh, guardrail. Maybe two rows into the crowd if he if they did that. So um, but yeah, this was a great Seth Rollins performance. His best performance is the Royal Rumble. This counts more to me because it was a one-on-one match instead of a three-way. Uh, but he worked incredibly hard here. He was very good in this match. I'll tell you another complaint that bugged the shit out of me. It kind of ties into something, some few of the things that we addressed already. I saw a lot of people complaining that he worked it too much like a babyface because he did flashy moves like the Meteora mm-hmm. into the standing moonsault. Again, I don't buy any of that nonsense. Um, it's not the moves that you do that make you a heel or a face. It's your attitude. Seth Rollins couldn't be more of a heel. He he's right. a, he's he's a fucking henchman of the authority. Right, he's a smug dickwad that wanted a statue if he won this match. Yeah, <laughs> he's a he's the biggest asshole in the company. He's aligned with the, 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 the second and third biggest assholes in the company. He's a guy who manipulates all all of his, you know, he couldn't be more of a heel. Just because you do a fucking moonsault, it doesn't turn you babyface. Can we stop with this shit? It it makes me bang my head against the table. How can can Seth Rollins be perceived as anything but a heel? It's just crazy talk. But uh, but yeah, I had no problem with the way he worked the match. It's almost as if, look, if you're a heel, all of a sudden, all you could do is reverse chin locks and hide a chain in your tights. I mean, is that really what? I mean, come on. You know, it's just crazy. But uh, but yeah, you know, he you know he worked really hard here. This was a great match. Um, Four and a half stars out of me. I don't know what you gave it on the team review. You don't remember. I have to look it up real quick. Not important, Either. I guess. But people, I, 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 I gave it high praise. I remember. I, I enjoyed the hell yes. out of it. So, so um, and and as far look, we've got to talk about the finish. I didn't hate the finish. Um, no, it's fine with it. And and it's like maybe it's because I keep this company at arm's length that this kind of stuff doesn't bother me. But it didn't really bother me in real time. And then when John Stewart explained himself on Raw, it it at that point it didn't bother me at all because. I was expecting him to do some kind of goofy heel turn and be chumming it up with Seth Rollins. That wasn't his motivation at all. His motivation was, I'm a Ric Flair fan, and I didn't want this guy <laughs> to tie Ric Flair. It's not like he did, because it would have been 
kind of cheesy if he aligned himself with Seth Rollins because they obviously right, came out and cut a skating promo and I didn't care about the fans and I didn't, yeah, it's like, oh, no, yeah, but that's not the direction they went at all. And even in real time, it didn't bother you that much. The only thing that bothered I went four and a quarter. I went four and a quarter with this. Yeah, so you loved it too. The, yeah. the only thing that kind of bothered me about it was he was kind of his, his, his performance was kind of shitty. Like he tipped off. Yeah. He, he tipped off immediately that it was going for Cena. I think Cena wasn't ready quite yet. And Stewart got in the ring real quick and then and wasn't sure. Like, the timing was off. And he was ready to hit Cena, but Cena wasn't up yet. So he was kind of, like, looking like he was going to hit Cena. And then went, oh, wait, I'm thinking that I'm going to hit Rollins. And then, like, Cena got up and then he hit him. Yeah, so there, there was that little timing there that kind of got screwed up. And that, that's just natural instinct that, yeah, you know. he's not a wrestler. You just don't have it. Yeah, yeah, he's not a wrestler. So that was a non-wrestler doing a very important angle. And it, 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 the performance bothered me more than the angles. Does that make sense? The execution of the angle sure. from st- from Stewart's standpoint bothered me more than the angle itself. Um, I don't know. I just couldn't get worked up over it. Uh, um, and I'm the kind of guy where something like that might bother me under normal circumstances with this company. And the other thing is I've, we've talked about it a million times. With this particular title, um, the, the, the way they, that Seth Rollins and the way that uh, they portrayed him as champion and the way that they've treated this title – I don't really give a shit about that title right now. So it didn't it just didn't bother me that much. Like if this would if this were the IWGP title or the Ring of Honor title, that would have bothered the shit out of me. And I'd be doing a 20-minute rant on how fucking shitty it was on this show. But this title in this company, I can't get worked up over it. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's we we've said that numerous times. It's it's, it's if you get yourself worked up about this stuff these days, it, it just stop. It it's never that's how they book this stuff. That's how they book this company. That's how they book this title. It's, you, you can't get upset about you know, you know stuff like that and, and, and you know weird nefarious. Eh? You, know, you know, I mean, like you can't do that with WWE. If you do that and get angry about it, it's your fault because this is they've shown you for twenty years now. This is what they do, and especially the way this title run has gone. If if this exactly. had been how the Brock title reign ended, maybe I could buy it. Um, well, I definitely could buy it because a chair shot from. John Stewart should not put out Brock Lesnar, but that's not an argument, you know, neither here nor there. But, you know, in particular, the way this Rollins reigns has gone, it's been a joke run. It's just been a, a chicken shit heel cheating his way to victory after victory and being a sleazeball. So I, I yep. can't really get worked up about it. I, yeah, that's fine. I, I, the match was so good that I can't I, – I really can't get worked up. Exactly. As far as these go, this was not bad. This was perfectly okay, perfectly confident. Yeah, yeah. I'm right with you. Uh, all right, so we'll move on to, I believe, the lone match that I did not like on this entire show, the Team PCB, uh, Bella, and Team Bad. This went 15-18 and was not very This good. was the worst match on the show. <laughs> this, you're talking about overstaying your welcome. They, they, they cut off a lot of time from all these other matches, thankfully so, to give more time to this one. And, oh boy. And again, you could talk about your death spots. <laughs> no, listen, I'm going to make a very important point here. That's fine. You can talk about your death spots all day long. You can talk about your nine people in meaningless matches where the fans don't care about anybody all day long. And I'll agree with every one of those points. I'll agree that the booking is terrible. I'll agree that they're approaching all of this uh, all wrong. But, you know, some of this does fall on the shoulders of the wrestlers. Yep. The matches aren't good. Okay? You can put them behind the booking eight ball. You can book them before the main event. You can book them before a Brock Lesnar promo in Minnesota. But if the matches are good, the crowd doesn't shit on them. The matches just aren't good. A lot of these matches stink. The Sasha Banks-Nikki Bella match on Raw a couple weeks ago was one of the worst matches on Raw that you'll see all year. 
Mm-hmm. I don't care if it was the opener. I don't care if it was the main event. I don't care if it was buried at the bottom of the second hour. It just wasn't good. And at some point, while all of those other things are true, while the booking stinks and while involving Stephanie McMahon stinks and while all of these other things about it stink, the matches stink too. And that's okay to say. They're not helping themselves by going out and having matches like they had at SummerSlam. They're not helping themselves by going out and having matches like Sasha Banks and Nikki Bella had on Raw. They're, they're not helping themselves with these things. You know, you can I, – I would love to come on these shows and say the booking is fucking awful. The company is mishandling this. But god damn it, Rich, they're killing it in the ring. Wouldn't you, exactly, wouldn't right. you love to be saying that? But they're not. And, and, and so, so some of it has to fall on their shoulders. Um, could they be presented better? I mean obviously. No one is going to argue that point. They're botching this so badly. You can't tell people something is a revolution. A revolution has to be mm-hmm. organic it and to. it has to happen. Yep. You can't tell people something is a revolution because people are going to uh, naturally – now they're going to be – you're behind the eight ball already because right. now you're overstating something. I don't want to be a part of that. Yeah, nobody wants to be a part of something they're told that is cool. you're force-feeding me. Right. Okay. This is cool. Like it. No, no, I'm not going to like it. No, <laughs> you know, I don't like it anymore. The, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's natural. Yeah. That's human. That's humanity in 2015 is, is if, if I'm told it's cool and I'm told it's trendy and I'm told to do it, I'm not going to want to do it. The endorsement of Stephanie McMahon is awful because Stephanie McMahon is a dork. Who wants her endorsement? You know, she, first of all, she, she's part of the authority. Number one. Okay, mm-hmm. so when she comes out on out on there on Raw, you're you're already your natural inclination is she's going to do something to screw you as a fan. Then she comes out. Stephanie McMahon's a nerd. She's a soccer mom. You, you don't her endorsement is the word. You, she's not cool. There's nothing cool about Stephanie McMahon. A Stephanie McMahon endorsement is the opposite of an endorsement because she's a she's a nerd. She's not cool at all. She's not presented as cool. She isn't cool. She's not cool. So, so that's horrible. She shouldn't be involved in this. So there's a million things. But the matches aren't good. And I wish that they were. Because then you could really genuinely you know, feel bad for these people all the way. But the reason that the crowd is doing the wave and chanting and everything else is because, number one, the story isn't compelling. And number two, the match that they're watching stinks. Right. Yep. And, and you know, you can't be afraid to say that. You know, nothing about this is working. Nothing. Okay? I said it from day one. Most people agreed with me. Some people didn't. That Sasha Bailey match that we saw at TakeOver, and now it didn't have to be Sasha and Bailey. It could have been any two that you want to pick. Could have been Sasha and Charlotte. Could have been Sasha. Preferably one of them should have been Charlotte. Sasha, obviously. Yeah, right. The first week of this thing, they should have been given 20 minutes, and they should have went out there and had that fucking match on Raw. That's how right. this thing would have gotten off on the right foot because that is how everybody in the watching TV and watching who don't pay attention to NXT and don't know anything about these people. And at this point, they're still just four, three faces among nine faces that still aren't anything special. That would have gotten everyone's attention and everyone would have said, wow, this is a fucking revolution. That was great. I've never seen anything like that before in my life out of the divas. Now I'm paying attention next week. Right. They're not different. They're, they're, they've just fit into the old mold. And they're having the there. same shitty matches. Exactly. Right. They're the same people. They just now there's bigger numbers of them. There's just more divas than there were before. Which makes that's it harder it. for them to get over because there's more. Exactly. That, that's all they've done now is added to the pool of the, the muck 
the WWE muck that I always talk about, where just everyone's in this big muck and nobody stands out and nobody they've just added, you know, three more people to it and said, there you go. <laughs> like, it, it's yeah, there's really I mean, I my idea was, you know, have Sasha come out and beat Nikki Bella or something and say, you know, hey, we're women and you're divas, you know, stuff like that. If you really want to do the pandering sort of promo. But I think you didn't have to go. Like you said, your idea was was fine as well. Mine was a little bit more. What I thought they would do is just really do a reset button, but they didn't do any reset. All they did was add these people to existing groups of divas, and they wanted to go. They say, "Okay, snap your fingers, go." That, that's that's the antithesis of what got over in NXT. It's the antithesis of what fans want to see these days. It's and a it's, complete it's, failure to understand why these girls got over to exactly right. And I'm, I'm not surprised. I'll be honest. I'm not surprised at all. I thought they couldn't screw this possibly up. I thought you'd really have to try to screw this up and go them. They're doing it, but. As you said, you you can't ignore the fact that they just had really shitty matches too. And matches like, aren't good. And look, right. it's really hard for three way six man matches to be good. Right and, when when six of the nine people are not very good at wrestling. Yes, when Tamina Snuka is a focal point in these matches, it's hard to be. Can she catch somebody, please? She had one fucking job. Catch somebody. You're six. You're you, she is. Triple the size of any all those other ones. If they even bump into you, it's probably not going to hurt. She, if you honestly just take it and let them fall into you, I doubt it's going to hurt that much. Her you know lone what I mean? Job in that match. <laughs> Seriously, go back and watch the match. Right, it's to it's not to, put your arms out and let them die on the floor. To catch but. Sasha Banks <laughs> on that dive. That was her only job in that match. They set it up that way, and she failed at the only thing she was supposed to do in that match. Tamina Snuka stinks. She's a waste of space. The only role that I see her competent for is the is the role she had with AJ Lee. The menacing bodyguard who should never wrestle. Because she does look menacing. She 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 can mean mug very well. She is twice the size of all of the other girls. Okay, so, so I I'm looking at their sizes right now. She's 5'9, Tamina. 5'9, 5'10. They bill her as 150. I don't know about that. But uh, if you want to say 150, let's say 150 to 170. Okay. Is that a fair range? Sure. For her? Okay. Sasha is billed at 5'5. Five, five, so she's five inches taller than Sasha. And, and Sasha's billed at 114. Yeah. So she's almost 50 pounds heavier and five inches taller. I mean, you could just look. Let like, Sasha bump off of you. Like, I mean, Charlotte's very tall and she she's she's just a bigger woman than Charlotte. I mean,. It's it's you know she she just doesn't need to be wrestling. I, she's just really bad, and right. there's no upside because she's like 34 or something like that. She's not going to 38. She's 38. I mean, she's one of the <laughs> oldest people on the main roster. She's not going to get better. Okay, she's on her physical decline at this point. So and and female athletes decline faster than male athletes if you pay any attention to tennis or anything else. Right. So I mean, there's no upside with her. I mean, you know, and we're picking on her, but it's it's like none of them have been great. None of them. And they're all just blending together anyway. Is this yeah. And this was the worst match. And they gave them 15 minutes, which it's like. They gave them their time. Remember, it was the time was the big thing for a while. Just give them time. You got to give them. Can we have some singles matches, please? Please. Yes. I mean, there's been. Can we just have Becky versus Sasha for. 12 minutes on Raw. Just do and, it. Just do and, it. You know, they, they, they gave us Sasha versus Nikki Bella. Didn't make a big deal of the fact that it was two champions. And then they went out there and they had a terrible fucking match anyway. Right. And, well, it was a death spot. And so. I don't care whose fault it was. And here's <laughs> the other thing. I don't care whose fault it was. Because then you got the Nikki Bella weirdo fans 
oh, well, Sasha did this and that, and she was It's a tango. It takes two to tango. They were you know? both bad in the match. Right. Something didn't click there. I don't know who was in the wrong spot at what point or who was, who was tripping over who or whatever. It doesn't matter. At the, at the end of the day, a lot of times, unless it's so blatantly obvious that one is better, th- this was a situation where I will err on the side of, of I've seen Sasha in spectacular matches, so I assume that she knows what she's doing. Nikki, I haven't, but, you know, who knows? Bingo. It could have been a situation, whatever. It doesn't matter. You're, but You're right, though, because who has ever had a match that bad with Sasha Banks? Right. And you're going to turn around? Except the ever-improving Nikki Bella. So you're going to turn around and blame Banks? That doesn't make any sense to me. Right. The person, the, the woman who's had, what, four four-star better matches this year? The, the woman who some people are saying is the best wrestler in the world? The woman who people are saying is a wrestler of the year contender? You're going to blame her? With her? Tra- Listen, track record matters. Okay? Yeah. I've seen Nikki Bella have matches of that caliber. I've never seen Sasha Banks have a match that bad. So how can you blame – Banks deserves the benefit of the doubt in that situation. Exactly. That, that's where I kind of err on. But so. yeah, the, the whole thing is a mess. I, I, I don't know. Uh, Monday, as you mentioned, we'll, we'll, we'll go back to SummerSlam here in a sec. But you, you mentioned that Miz promo on Monday or the Miz TV with, with the Team PCB. Uh, and that was just a total fucking nightmare. And, and there, there's, it started this thing again of people getting mad at the crowd for, for doing whatever they do. You know what? <laughs> I, I and I'm a, maybe I'm an optimist. Maybe I'm an optimist. I think that if you offer something compelling to the crowd that's there live,